I went to the doctor today, um, got some blood tests, and, uh, got to pee into a cup, which is kind of fun, haven't okay. done that in a long time. Oh, should I not talk about that? No, go right ahead. Tell me oh, okay. more about your pee. Uh, yeah. Um, and cups. So it's Tell the, me about cups. Yeah, it's this little cup. It's got a seal on it. Um, it, Wrong color, dude. It was wrong color. Had to get that tested out. Get that looked at. This is just one what, of the many the, fun things. The seal was or your pee? PAX. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's actually PAX related, but I got some manner of PAX pox. And am I the only one? Did you guys get sick? My entire household is sick, which probably means I'll be sick in about three days. Are like, is it like bad colds and phlegm and stuff, or what? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I feel fine. Good stuff. I'm perfect. That's, like, you, I've had a bit of a sore spared. throat. You were spared. I had to yeah. drive home 13 hours with everyone, so it's like, I'm definitely not getting away with being healthy. Well, I did too. Oh, well, yeah, I guess oh, you yeah, were yeah, in yeah. that same vehicle. Yeah, so, like, I had so a sore throat on the last day. Brad did as well, but then that went away, and I'm fine. Huh. Vitamins or something? I don't know. Uh, like nope. We're doing. No vitamins. Okay. Just uh, better immunities. Better maybe. immune system, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweet. But where did up. you uh, where did you get this sickness? I don't know. Paul's saying it might have been him, actually. Like just. <laughs> I, I don't was, think that's I what was, he meant, Nathan. Yeah, I meant like t- packs. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> uh, Paul, fellow packs attendee. Uh, he was ill. Uh, yeah, we went to the Penny Arcade Expo uh, 2012, which I thought was really great. Wait, Paul I, got I, sick because I was with him. I didn't. I didn't. Know no, Paul was apparently was sick before any of this happened. He just um, didn't tell anyone. Yeah, he's just like, oh, I, I, I'm, car- I'm a carrier. I have tons oh, of. Oh crap! So he should have said something right before now. I kissed him. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can I see why that would cause problems. Just, yeah, just be transparent about that stuff, man. It's, it's worth letting people know. But yeah, gotta um, give a whole sexual history when you kiss someone. You know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, that's how you greet everyone, is you just big smooch on the lips. <laughs> and they're like, I have AIDS, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a cold sore. A little too dark. All over my face. The Penny Arcade Expo Prime 2012. Yeah. Good times. Uh, we all went. Happened last weekend. Uh, I'm going to say right now, it's the 7th of September. Cool. Oh, okay. I'm going to be your host, Sean Booker. I am joined with Nathan Rohr. Hey. And John Wheeler. What's up? And Nathan's cold. Ne- well, I'm uh, not shoot. physically cold. I just, I have a, some manner of, yeah. All right. Okay. Fair well, enough. he's here too. Ah, you. Yeah. I'm here. Yep. Because I'm sure we'll get tons of uh, feedback from the, him specifically throughout the episode. He's going to be talking a lot. Yep. I'll um, try. So okay. all complaints, send them to Nathan. Yeah, okay. Um, and he will direct them to his cold. He will try not to invite the cold back to the next podcast. Hopefully not. Right. And next year, I guess, I'm going to try having a lot of vitamin C before I go. There's these things called emergency. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were giving them out at the expo hall, actually. I should have taken advantage of that. I was, was using that's some a of trap, the dispensers. Don't do that. What? Those are actually pills with just Pax Pox in them. <laughs> Oh, it's that's actually how they got it. Emergency is like yeah. a powder drink, though. You put no, it in I know. A yeah, and you can just get like vitamin C p- chewable tablets as well. Yeah, I sh- I should have thought about that before I went. I just was like, ah, whatever, I'll be fine. Despite or just do what I did N1. and not get sick. Yeah, because okay. it's that's tell my body to. And to be fair, as going as media, I probably shook a lot more hands than you did. 
Yeah, Maybe. but the the company people were probably a lot healthier. That's true. Things None were of getting pretty friendly at that double fine party, but that's true. Yeah, yeah. that was, that was um, a good time. I, okay, so anyway, like, how many packs have all of us been to now? I'm just gonna say, out of the four I've been to, that was my favorite one. It was real good. I've been to two. It was also my favorite. This okay. was my fifth, and it was also my favorite. There you go. Pax 2012, best packs that Great. has ever happened. So we're going to get into why it's our favorites, and I, I think we'll just go the way we normally did it. We'll just kind of run through all the list of games we played. We should be two us have a list. Um, if we both have played the game, we'll just say that so we don't repeat it. Um, other than that, if we'll discuss the games, and after that, we'll talk about like panels and stuff we went to. Oh, okay. Does that sound good? Sure. Okay. Um, Nathan, why don't we start off with your list then? Oh, of games and stuff? Okay. Um, the first game I played there was Catch-22, which is one of the PAX 10. Okay, so we're starting um, it off with my game of the show. Okay. I didn't even see Catch-22. Where was it? I was in the PAX 10 area. It was, yep. uh, one of the front ones, I guess. Yeah, like, arguably one, the easiest one to see. Yeah. Um, I guess Apparently not. To- yeah, I, I it was on I, some yeah. iPads and stuff. Uh, there's just a circle and two little circles going around it. It was very simple. But It's um, very simple, but what's really nice about it is there's a re- there's a real heavy depth to it that it can be, it's really hard. Like I'm really bad at it. Um so for those who don't know, this I just I, I really liked it. This is probably my game of the show. So it's a mobile game. There's a big sphere or I guess a circle because it's it's two-dimensional. And there's I two balls. I kept saying sphere, too. Yeah, I kept confusing people. It's just a circle. Yeah. And there's two balls, a green one and a blue one, and they're both circling this circle in uh, opposite, opposite directions, direction. so they will cross each other. And the idea is you can't touch the other ball, or you lose. Um, so you need to jump over them. But the thing is, every time that you complete a circle, the well, other... Well, every time you get a coin. No, no. It's every time you complete a circle, the other... Oh, no, no, you're right. Every time you collect all the coins on that area, the you switch control of the ball you had, and the other ball that was you will continue to do the path you just did while you're collecting the new coins. So you need to remember what you did last time in order to avoid the ball, and it is super hard. It gets pretty intense pretty quickly. Yeah, you're you're basically fighting with your own ghost. Right, and just every time I was playing, that ball would come towards me, and I'm just like, that fucker is going to hit me every time. And he does, every time. <laughs> but it's you. It is you me. You did that. I can you only blame myself. That. Yep. Um, apparently it's on Facebook somewhere, but I couldn't actually find it. Um, but it, it should be available in a couple months on iOS and stuff. So, Or no, sometime this month. Should be two weeks away or something. Yeah, I think so. it is sometime this month. Yeah. It's so a cool, simple little game, but yeah, it was definitely an early standout. Um, I also saw Runner 2, which I was hassling Sean about because I'm so bad at it, but it, it is a good game in terms of Yeah, so of this is the sequel game. to Bit Trip Runner, Bit Trip where Runner, they spun yeah. it off into their own game. Uh, th- this one looks like they're going for like way more HD, dazzling, dazzling visuals type stuff, whereas the other ones were made for the Wii first. So right, it's not 8-bit. That's the main thing. They have polygons yeah. and stuff. Uh, it looks like there's more mechanics in it. Like, uh, is that Shield new or no? No, Shield was in the other one. Okay. Um, um, maybe I'm wrong then. Like all the kicking and stuff that was in there. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't recall too much new. Maybe uh, some of the jump pads are different. Yeah, maybe something like that. I. It I don't just. Know. It seems a lot harder. 
uh, specifically one move I saw was you would slide, but then you had to jump while in the slide position to get through a small opening. Nice. Which, if that game is already, you know, tight to get through as it is, so... That's yeah, just... that was just an early example. Like, I guess whenever I'm playing a game on a show floor, I just get extra self-conscious because there's, like, people watching. So it's just like, man, that guy sucks. Like, that's just what I'm imagining everyone saying behind me when I have the headphones on. Like, everyone's just kind of like, look at this guy. So bad at Runner 2. That probably didn't happen, but... Probably not, especially with a game in the corner of the area and it's a small game. Yeah, that happened when I was playing the cave, too. Like, I couldn't figure out a puzzle. So I was just like, I feel like an idiot. I'm just going to go. And I just kind of like <laughs> snuck away. <laughs> like, I was just like, Ron Gilbert's here. He's just going to be like, you don't you don't know what you're doing? Blah. So instead but, of the uh, viewers thinking, wow, this guy's dumb, they're just you want them to think, oh, this guy's too good for this game. <laughs> yeah, that's what they'll see. It's just like, I don't want to play this. Walk yeah. away. Yeah, put up a front. Um, but yeah, I played all those. I uh, played Closure, which I guess is out. It, it was like a side-scrolling platformer thing. A lot of 2D platformers there, but a ton this of one kind of yeah. stood out to me as just having a neat look to it. It looked kind of like a silent movie or something. You're playing this weird little crab dealie who has to carry this orb of light. Crab? No, he plays a girl. It looked like a weird creature to me. I don't know. Oh, maybe uh, there's different characters. Multiple legs or something. No, nope, mine was just a girl in a dress. What? Did I, you have to I carry, like, the ball of light around? Yeah, and if it's if you're not in the light, then you fall. Right. Yeah. So basically, there's no world in the outside dark outside of that light. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it was a neat mechanic, but I I don't know. I I I played that for a little bit. It was it was okay. Um, are we just going through all the stuff I played, or? Well, I was actually gonna say because John, you only played a couple, so why don't we burn through your list real fast? Mm-hmm. Right. So there's four of mine. All right. So you want me to just start? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I only played. Two, technically three games, but one of them I've already talked about before, so I played Nintendo Land with some people. Okay, okay. But was one part of it missing? Like, Animal Crossing wasn't there? I forget which wasn't there. I saw Zelda for sure. Yeah, actually, no, you're right. The, uh, Animal Crossing wasn't there. They had Luigi's Mansion, they had Donkey Kong, and they had uh, the Zelda. Zelda one. Those are the three that I played. Yeah, it's kind of weird to me just because that was my favorite one, but I was also thinking maybe it's just that one takes the most exclama- ex- explanation, so it would just be like, let's just avoid all that hassle on the Yeah, maybe they learned something moving. after E3. Probably, right. yeah. Because um, there was like a person having to just talk through all of it every single time when they were playing, and it, it was fun, but yeah, maybe they just couldn't get the staff or something, I don't right. know. Right, and they only had three booths set up anyway. So, um... But there's going to be, what, 12 games in total with that? I believe so, yeah. One of them yeah. is F-Zero, one of them is Star Fox. I don't remember any of these. Have they shown these before? Oh, uh, no, they've they shown, they shown the icons. Oh, okay, okay. So, like, these are what games they're from. Uh, which which Nintendo Land ones did you... Did you get to try the Donkey Kong one, the Tilton? Oh, no, business? I played all three at E3. Oh, okay. oh yeah. So okay. the only one I played was uh, the Luigi's Mansion one because we had a group. I really like the win? Donkey Kong one, but it, there's no point for, like, multiple screens. Pretty much. I think the smaller screen's zoomed in, isn't it? It is zoomed in a bit, so you could theoretically look up at your TV and see, like, what's about to come even further, but that's not much. Like, that thing could be on an iPhone. Oh, fair enough. So, but I do I do like uh, Donkey Kong. I did play that one. I played all three of them. I don't really, I don't really care about the Zelda one at all. 
It's co-op, dude. You gotta help your bros shoot those monsters. I guess. I just it, yeah. It was nah. not my favorite. I'm nah. just yeah. I like I'd I'd rather play the Luigi one with my friends. Yeah, that one was good. Did, did you play as the ghost, John? Or I played as. Did I play as both? Or... No, I was. Yeah, I played as both. Did you win? Uh, I won as the plumbers, and I got my ass kicked as the ghost, which is weird because I did really good at E3. But mm-hmm. here, just I had zero luck. Every time it looked like I had a good grab, like the person turned around just in time and always caught me. Huh. Every time okay. it felt like I should have had a grab, it just took damage. Right, and then I uh, I didn't play as the ghost, but uh, Brad, one of the guys we went with, he played as the ghost, and he was just like, it's like really hard to win as the ghost. So I don't know. It's fun when you pull it off, though. But yeah, fair enough. All right, Nintendo Land. You guys stoked? Two hundred fifty dollar Wii U coming out. I'm still looking forward to stuff. We don't. It, no one has said if that's going to be packaged in or not, so we don't know. Yeah, because right. like there's the three separate SKUs that got leaked, but uh, they're not saying what comes with. I would assume the more expensive one comes with Nintendo Land. What are these SKUs? I have not heard this. Uh, this was on Kotaku. I want to say yesterday. Uh, some some major uh, retailer that releases and sells out the items to like Amazon on that had three price listings. Uh, one is had it just said Wii Wii U Wii U with and then like Wii U three fifty five or three forty five. So that's the most expensive is the three forty five. Yeah, so I think it was like yeah it was two fifty three hundred and three fifty. Uh, some people are okay. spe- some people are speculating it comes with Wii motes for those who didn't have a Wii. Some people are speculating other things. I don't know. Okay, like even if three fifty, if they didn't have like if it wasn't just stuff I already had, so if it's Wii remotes is the bonus, but it was actually stuff I wanted to three fifty, I would pay. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that too. I would prefer. Okay, how about I this? would prefer how about only this? paying two fifty though. I will. How about say this? Three hundred, you get one gamepad. Three fifty, you get two gamepads. No, I, I think they've stated right out that a lot of the games for like the first year or so are only going to use one gamepad. So, so you wouldn't want the double. They probably won't sell the double. It'll probably be but, something with a game. But I'm I, saying, I, if, if that's the thing, would you buy the double? Depends on how much not. they are by themselves, but probably. I would not. You wouldn't? No. Nope. I don't. I hardly play co- local co-op stuff ever. And I have Wii remotes. Hmm. So. What else did you play? Uh, I only played two games primarily, and that was Johann Sebastian Joust. Okay, I played that. That game was awesome. It is. The well? problem with I it, though, is really I will quickly. never buy five move controllers. Yeah. No one will. So who is the target audience? Crazy I, people at a party? Pretty much. You're going to have to get, like, find, like, five people who have, like, one each. People that own right dorm rooms. Or convention goers. Yeah. That's the target audience. <laughs> so just have that set up in a convention. People will wander by. It's for, like, Mac or something, isn't it? Like, I don't for, even... It's for PS3. Uh, is it really? Yeah, that's why there's the move controllers. I Okay, I'm going to double-check on that. I th- I heard rumors they're also going to port it to the iPhone, where, like, there was an iPhone port of it. Oh, I think I heard about that, too. And wasn't there some kind of legal issues going yeah, on? Yeah, like, it was someone who did an illegal port or something. Like, this has already happened. Yeah. yeah. That sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, that's a kind of a... That's a cool game. I just... I won't buy it. Even if I had, like, two move controllers, I would not buy that. How did you actually fare in your matches? I, I got kicked pretty early, I played. that was it. I played three. I won my first one. Uh, I got 
knocked out of my second one fairly fast, and the third one I got about halfway through. I played one, I think I came in second last, or, like, I was the second last person alive, so I did okay. Nice. Yeah, all I'm seeing is it uses move controllers, but they're not committing, like, it's actually on the PlayStation. Like, hmm. I'm not, I'm on, I'm honestly not sure. But Weird. okay. Just at the PAX 10 panel where that dude was there, he said something about, like, I, I believe they're using Bluetooth stuff for, for kind of communicating with the controllers or whatever, and he was saying something about Mac code or whatever, but okay. I, huh. I'm not 100% sure what he was getting at. There was a lot of stuff being talked about at that panel. It was very good, but okay, never mind. Yo, and Smash and Joust, it's weird. But it it's is fun. weird, yeah. It, it is fun. Like you said, you need like the right kind of group and the right location to play that, but if you have... But that right group and right location is such a niche market. Yeah. Maybe you should set up a local Johan Smash and Joust club, and you just meet every week. Kind of okay, like dodgeball. Yeah. League. You, go. you want a, a joust league? That'd be pretty good. Yeah, I I kind of like if we did a joust league, I would want to make it crazy like the the bombcast did during the big live show. I want like chairs you could throw at people and everything. Right, and that would make league. an entertaining stream too. Just get some cameras on people. Yeah, exactly. Go for it again. Yeah. You you do that once, maybe twice. But those times are so much fun, Sean. And you bought five move controllers. <laughs> but then you get to play Killzone the way it was meant to be played. Yes, because people are really clamoring for that. Is there even five local player co-op in that? No. Exactly. You just have backup ones in case... I I don't know. You're right. Split screen, but for five people. Everyone buys one, and then you meet up. Yeah, there you go. Okay. And then you go home, play Killzone. Done. What what else do you play? (laughs) Uh, Spy Party. Okay. Okay. I should sign up for that beta. You should. That game was fun. So what is it? I saw it, and I never got to it. I played the other game that took over its booth for an hour each day. Uh, Spy Party was basically, um, you're either a sniper or a spy. If you're a spy, uh, you have a bunch of different missions you have to complete, either like bugging an ambassador that's in the building, or uh, swapping around books to get a microfilm, or changing statues, or chatting with a secret agent, stuff like that. If you're the sniper, you're trying to figure out who the spy is. Uh, everyone is basically at a party, and you just have to try to blend in as much as possible so the sniper can't pick you off. Like, at all times, you can see the sniper's laser scope, so you'll know, like, if he's watching you or not and whether or not you're acting suspicious. So you have to try to act as casual as possible and try to figure out how to get through the whole thing without getting shot. And the sniper has to try to figure out if who you are for sure and pick you up because he only gets one bullet. Is this side scrolling? Like, what kind of genre is this? I don't it's its know. Its own genre, they're... dude. Yeah, I don't know if this really has a genre. Although it, it, I, it's, I guess... it's a versus game. Like, you need two players to play it. Like, isn't the ship like that's a multiplayer game or like Assassin's Creed multiplayer where you're trying to kind of blend in with AI? Kind of. Yes. That I, like, that's probably a good AAA comparison. Like, it okay. has elements of that, but it's it's very focused. But yeah, each ways. character plays different. Like, as the sniper, you you see, like, people who could potentially be the double agent. You know a couple people for sure that you can ignore. Uh, you have to just watch for all these little small tells. As the spy, you have, like, a, a, a Gears of War-esque active reload meter to try. Like, if you do it properly, you do, like, your tells super smoothly and it's harder to pick up. But you can either botch it and make it super obvious that you're doing something bad. Like, in the match I played when I was a sniper, my friend, uh, to uh, to bug 
the ambassador, you have to basically pat him on the ass. Okay. My friend screwed up the first one and had to do it twice, so I knew for sure it was him and I picked him off. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, when I was the sniper, or when I was the spy, my friend figured out who I was fairly fast, but I threw him off by just kind of standing around for a minute straight and just completely ignoring things, so he thought he had picked the wrong person. So I <laughs> I basically used all my time, and I think I completed my mission with like two seconds to spare. Okay. Okay. What's this for? This is looking to be for PC. Alright. But we were using 360 controllers, so I don't know if there's a plan for like Xbox or whatever. There was a All game right. at E3 I talked about that was kind of similar to that WarioWare one, where you're kind of walking around in a crowd trying to pick up three pieces yeah, of Yeah, yeah, that Apple's one. And everyone else is just kind of spotters, so they're not actually sniping you, but they're trying to detect you yeah. at this thing. It, it looks like that's a similar idea. In too. a way, it's, a cool it's thing. like that, but it's a lot more intricate. Yeah, yeah, there's more to this one. I, I just signed up for the beta, so hopefully that'll happen. So yeah, that's that's all I actually played. Like, where were you for most of it then in the, like, console free play stuff? Yeah, or? I entered a bunch of tournaments this time around. Okay. Did you win Shaq Fu? Yes. Okay, I was joking, I, but I, all right. I, uh, I left PAX Prime with three medals. Nice. You get medals at PAX? Phelps. Yeah, like, if, if, you, if you enter tournaments or if you enter or win challenges, you get medals. So I've got two That's silver bad. medals and a bronze. Okay. So I got, uh, I got a bronze for Shaq Fu. That was the challenge was to beat one of the characters on hard and have the highest score. Only four people were able of doing it. Um, there was a Rogue Squadron challenge where you had to beat the Death Star run as fast as possible. And the if, first Rogue Squadron? Yeah, the N sixty four one. Okay. And if you had the if you there was a tie in time, you had to have more kills and better accuracy. So first, second, and third place were all dictated by the exact same time. The exact same accuracy, but one kill apart each. So I had seven kills, first place had eight, and third had six. Okay. Uh, the other silver I got was for a minigame tournament. Basically, they picked a random game each round on a different system, and you had to beat your opponents. Uh, if you made it to the, the final, obviously you won the medals. Uh, it started with the uh, Pokemon Stadium minigames, then it went to Kirby 64 minigames, then it went to... Uh, Mario 3, then it went to Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, and ended with Kirby Superstar Samurai Kirby. But by the end of it, I was super nervous and shaking too much, so I couldn't actually get the timing right for Samurai Kirby, and I lost pretty bad. Hmm. Oh, okay. But yeah, I got a silver medal out of it, which was cool. I have tried for years to, at PAX to get medals, and this was the first year I finally succeeded. There you go. So I was pretty psyched for that. Very I'm cool. Clapping. Very cool. I also Solid. spent a lot of time hanging out with friends because I met a bunch of new people there, so... Yeah, like, was it kind of the stuff around PAX, like, the parties and stuff? Yeah, like, kind of... I, I enjoyed more, like, I've gotten to the point where I don't really go to the game Expo Hall that much. I yeah. more enjoy the social aspect of PAX now. Like, I was bouncing around to panels a lot still, but, uh, yeah, my time on the Expo floor was much more minimal. Yeah, and when was... it was, it was specifically in the indie mega booth. There, there was only one panel I went to, so and that was the one I ran. Right. Which we I also kind of found... Uh, the, the indie area, I spent a lot of time with... Like, I did go to some pretty big games, but mm -hmm. a lot of the times I just found myself going back to the indie area, just checking out more stuff. I, I will right. say my one, like... The one thing I lament is that I did not get to play Revengeance. That was, okay, that was yeah, my that second was actually, chance to play Revengeance, and I missed it. Yeah, that was next on my list. Um, That, that was one of the few big games I actually went and saw, just because 
I was under the impression the first, I think, two days of the show, it's just like, oh, I'll probably never get to play it, because E3, it was like a giant line, so it's probably going to be that ten times more. And it's just like, oh no, dude, it's just an open booth, there's just consoles there, people are walking up. It was just like, what? So yeah, it was like a five, ten minute wait, and I got to play it. Damn and, it, uh, right. and I had a no minute wait, because that was the first thing I did during the uh, media hour, oh, where okay. all the important people could get in first. Yeah, the important people, yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, but nice. us, us regulars, we got to play it too. Us it, normal people. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was good. I, I, I was just happy to finally beat that because I wasn't allowed to earlier. So it's like, yeah, I chopped up that helicopter. I did that. And then put down the controller. It was just like, yeah. It took me a while to figure out that you need to jump on the missiles. Right. But, uh, I, I don't know. It was ridiculous and fun. I, I, get, I will say I did die on the part where the bridge is crumbling and I just felt oh, like. Oh, Yeah. I was like, oh man, that sucks. Like, I just felt like embarrassed for the same reason. Like there was dudes waiting and watching, but it was just like that. I felt that could have given me a little more time. I don't know. I, that wasn't that hard. It was just. Kinda... I was actually gonna say I felt that part was incredibly easy because I was starting to fall behind on how fast I should have. He does kind of snap forward a bit, and then yeah, at the end they're just like, oh hey, we need you to be over here now. So you're there. Good yeah. job. It, it was kind of weird, but I, I don't know. Generally, that game just looks entertaining. Um, I guess I could roll that into the Kojima panel I went to, but if we want to save well, all that one, stuff. one last quick thing. I was expecting there to be some stealth in that game, and there, well, at least in the demo I played, there's none. No, I oh, don't no, think you... there's going to be any stealth in that game, because if Platinum's working on it, it's going to be a crazy action game like Bayonetta. Yeah, I just figured with Metal dude. Gear there, they would want it to be like, okay, and now there's going to be some parts where you're going to like assassinate people stealthily, but no. But your biggest... in, in the original version, it was. Oh, okay. Right, they scrapped that game and then had revenge on the game, and that's why it's called Revengeance. Uh, or something. That's what Not, they, Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I thought it was because he wanted revenge and vengeance. Yeah, At kinda, the same yeah. time. Lightning bolt action. But not actually in the story, on the game that failed <laughs> to be <laughs> developed or something. I need revenge on this failed project. Yeah. Um, I also played, uh, some Snapshot, speaking of robots, I'll just go with that. Um, Snapshot? Yeah, it was, uh, there's this dude, I'm, I'm just gonna, first name basis, there's this dude, Kyle, uh, he made Offspring Fling. Oh, Kyle. Which was, yeah, oh, my Kyle. buddy Kyle. The Kyle. Kyle. Yeah, Kyle's a cool guy. Um, he was, uh, in the PAX 10 with Offspring Fling, but on, on the PAX 10 panel, he also talked about this other game he was working on called Snapshot, uh, which I ended up buying. I haven't, I haven't played my copy at home yet, but. Oh, so it's already robot. out. Yeah, it's already out. A lot and of the stuff the, and this is the PC out. version? Yeah, this is the PC okay. version. It's Offspring also on the Vita. On PC. Oh, okay. It was in yeah, the Sony booth. They did have that version there, too, but I, I was playing on the on the PC. Um, it's just kind of a neat little platformer. It had a nice look to it. Uh, you're kind of copy and pasting stuff via photos to solve puzzles. So you'll just be like, oh, a giant boulder. Why is that there? Whatever, I'll take a photo of it and put it in my photo log. And then later you'll release it and it'll roll down a hill or something and smash something. Yeah, or use boxes continue. for ledges that you need later on. Or, you know, jump on an elephant and then you bounce really high, because that's what happens. Um, okay. When you jump on an elephant, you bounce really high? That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I haven't that actually is true. jumped yeah. on an elephant. Last I time I jumped on an elephant, went through the yep. room. It just throws you up in the air, yeah, uh, pretty much. It, I don't know. It, it was a fun little thing and I, I liked what it looked like. And mo- mostly I just really appreciated the the indie vibe. You know, like you could just roll up to the guy and say, "Hey, you made this game," and just talk to him about his game, and he's like, "Yeah." Yeah, or you know, you take the headphones off, and the guy's like, "Hey, what did you, what did you think?" Yeah, um, as opposed to PR person being like, "Well, I know my game's good. I right. was told it was good." Yeah, and so. if you ask anything too specific, it's just like, "Uh, come back to this other thing later." Didn't that happen to you? Yeah, no, I was at uh, Luigi's Mansion, uh, too, mm-hmm. and I was literally like, "Okay, so this is 
is this also one of the games that's going to be full downloadable, right? Pretty easy question, right? Yeah. yeah. The guy goes, um, I'm not sure, but if you go on to Nintendo.com, you can get more information. Well, I thought for sure, I thought they said every game from here on out is going to be downloadable as well. I don't think every game. Or every oh. Nintendo game, I should say. I don't think so. Just, I remember you also said you rolled up to the Telltale booth and were laying some pretty heavy story questions on them. And they were just like, just go to the panel. Just, just yeah. go to the panel, dude. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about the panel. Uh, I also played Luftrauser, which is this flying game that... Where upon, was this? This was also in the Indie Mega Booth area. Okay. Um, I, I'm trying to... Kind is of this the res- bird thing? No, you're an airplane. It kind of resembled Time Pilot on first glance, but with really tight controls. And you're just kind of blowing up ships and rival planes and stuff and racking up combos. And I don't know if it was just the, the headphones they had were amazing, but the bass was like bone shaking. It was so awesome. So I just felt really great blowing up everything for Do like five minutes. Do you know what headphones they were using? Was it the ones that are at like every booth? Uh, they were white. It was like, I don't, I don't know. Tri- tri- maybe it was Triton or something. I don't know. It, it, I'm wondering if it's like the Astro headsets. They were probably I'm... Beats. Because it's the ones I'm using. You know, probably headphones. the ones I'm using right now, actually. They are get they pretty? Really, they get bone really bass. Okay. Yeah, I was really happy with that audio experience. So this sounds so. really good. It was pretty boom. great. Boom. 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 Yes. Boom. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I quite enjoyed that. Um, okay. Unfinished Swan. I got to play that, which I Woo! wish someone gave me the advice Sean was passing around with: don't watch the demo before you play it. <laughs> Yeah. Because I watched the demo twice and then played it, and that's kind of like watching a person do a maze and then doing the maze. Like, yeah, it's like, no, it's it's pretty bad, because that entire game is about exploring an area that you can't see. Right. And then you've watched someone show you how to see it. Although the guy was saying there will be trophies for beating it without using paint at all. So just that's walking stupid. through it by memory and sound and audio Holy cues. smokes. Yeah, which that is a trophy weird. right there that you earned that. Yeah, um, it 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 had a really striking look to it, and I liked kind of, I, I guess the opening cutscene kind of sets up the story. And it's like, oh, this kid, his you know mom painted all these paintings and stuff. It's like this has a nice tone to it. It, it seems interesting. I like some of the PS3 right. indie stuff they're doing. So I just yeah, I really like that. So I kind of want to get a little more in depth on exactly what it is for people. Mm-hmm. When you start it up, you can't see anything. Just white. Uh, except for a little reticle in front of you. And everything is so white, and there's no lighting in there, so you can't see surfaces or anything. Everything is just white. And then all you can do is throw, like, black paint. And this is only one level. The person said you would get, like, water and stuff for other things to make things grow in different levels, but just for this level. Um, you throw black paint, black, black paint around the area, and it starts hitting different surfaces or tables in different ways, so you start seeing, oh, hey, there's some stairs here, I can go this way. And you kind of guide your way around it, like, you know, throwing paint at at your feet, so you can kind of see, okay, this isn't water, this isn't a wall. But what's really cool about it is if you throw too much black paint, because there's no lighting in the game, you will get into the same issue you had at the beginning, where you can't see anything. And you literally have to restart the level at that point. Or hear your way through it, but... Or hear your way through it, I guess, which is insane. Yeah. Um, but no, very, very striking visual look to it was the main thing, and it, it, it seemed kind of neat. Um, yeah, I, pl- I also played a game called Dragon Fantasy, which was an RPG on the PlayStation 3. It's some sort of downloadable thing. I didn't 
get a good sense of what they're like. It, I guess the main thing was the combat system resembles uh, Chrono Trigger in that you meet enemies on the map and then it just kind of goes into turn-based battle. There's no transition to a battle screen or whatever. Um, and I guess they're trying for some kind of episodic release schedule. But but um, I is this know. the one you said you didn't like? Yeah, I wasn't really digging what I saw, but I it was such a short demo, and I guess they already have some chapters out on iOS or something. Like, I don't know. It, it didn't really jump out at me as anything special, but they had a raffle for a PS Vita, so I still filled up that thing. But I There was a lot of PS Vita raffles. Yeah, I didn't walk away with one, though. That would have been a great way to get a Vita. I would have been way happy about that. Come home and put sound shapes on it, and then make tunes on the bus or something. I, I don't know. But, yeah, um, after that, uh, well, before all that, really, we played Flux, which is a card game, so I hesitate to bring it up, but it was pretty fun. I picked Hey, we up. talk about all games here. Yeah, because tabletop down perspective, that's, that's what we're about. <laughs> um, that was actually the first thing we ended up doing at the show. It, it's just a game about changing rules. I think the, the, the slogan is the game of ever-changing rules, which reminded me of Calvin Ball. Um, so okay, kind of, that's a great reference point. Yeah. Like you're Calvin just kind of, Ball is the reference point you want. Yeah, yeah. so you're just throwing you can't down do that because cards. it's a Tuesday, right? Just changing the wind conditions and stuff, and it, it was pretty fun. So I bought the Monty Python version of that because I thought that fit the sense of humor quite and well. Then, yeah, from you and Paul's description of it, I bought the standard edition of it. Yeah, so hopefully that'll be a fixture at our future game nights and stuff. Um, also picked up the Cards Against Humanity expansion, um, and got to kind of talk with those dudes. The second too. One. those those guys are cool. Um, Max Temkin and, and co. Uh, Mental Drift was kind of one of the indie titles that got a bit of a spotlight after the giant bomb panel. It was hidden in a corner on the yeah, third Yeah, I really wish I had found this. We got to talk to the developers thing. at the Double Fine Party afterwards, though. Right, and Paul and I have actually had contact with them since, so there's a bit of a write-up on Pixel Response, and we're thinking about maybe find, getting a beta or something, like... They're, they've been pretty pretty nice about all that. But yeah, it's a side-scrolling, like, it's an indie platformer. But um, the narrative stuff is kind of written out on screen, like inner monologues, and then you're choosing words from those sentences and using them to traverse the environment, which was kind of a neat little idea. Like, the word bounce is in there. This is the only one I can really vividly remember, so sorry, there's there's more to it. But um, the word bounce appears, and you pull that out of the sentence, and then you can bounce on it. Like it was a trampoline. So, yeah. It, it, it looked okay. Uh, that's Lo and Behold Games. And then uh, Twisted Pixel, I didn't get to play it because they weren't really showing it. But um, it was the uh, Loco Cycle, their new, their new game, which is apparently inspired by Torque, the terrible Ice Cube movie that I own. What? So, yeah. Apparently one of their artists or something saw that movie, had a weird nightmare about motorcycles fighting, and came in to work the next day with, like, we need to make a game where you play as a motorcycle and fight dudes. So, awesome. I was, was it playable there? I saw footage. No, I, I don't believe it was. They just had, yeah, some footage. It looks kind of like Spy Hunter or something. You're driving and shooting. Kind of, but it seemed a little bit more timing-based, I want to say. Like, there was, com- there was a combo system. Yeah, like you're kicking dudes that fell out of a car or something. With your back wheels, you are yeah, kicking. Yeah, you have two wheels. You're a motorcycle. And you kind of look like a Tron cycle, too, which I thought was great. You're called Iris, and you're running away from an evil like motorcycle. Iris named Spike. sounds like a Tron character's name. 
Is the cycle voiced by Felicia Day? I kept seeing clips showing Felicia Day. Uh, I don't think it was Felicia Day. Uh, there, I forget who is the main voice actress. I know Ro- Robert Patrick is Spike, the evil motorcycle. So the T-1000 is chasing you. Um, nice. Also that dude from the Marine, if the, you know, want a more John Cena? example. Uh, the bad guy, <laughs> but whatever. John Cena. Okay, got Yeah, you. John Cena. He's the bad guy in the Marine. That's not accurate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, at their panel, they actually really talked about the motorcycles a lot, which is kind of weird, but I don't know. They, they did look pretty neat. They had a cool booth set up or whatever. So yeah, Twisted Pixel doing their thing. I'm not clear if that is a actual on-disc release like Gunstringer was, or if it's a downloadable thing. They haven't really said platforms yet. It looks pretty slick though. So maybe, but I'm assuming know. it's downloadable. Because okay. Grunstringer was going to be downloadable as originally as well. And then they packaged it in and with Fruit Ninja and stuff. Which, yep. uh, Halfbrick was there, so that, you know, got a pin. Had a little jetpack guy on it. Was, yeah, I did was see there that. any, like, showing of Local Cycle at the Xbox booth? Uh, I don't, I really don't think so. They had, yeah, the two motorcycles and, like, a screen with trailers and stuff at the Twisted Pixel booth. Because yeah. keep in mind, they are, they are a Microsoft game studio now. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, no, I only saw Twisted Pixel stuff at their specific booth, nothing at Microsoft. Right. And the most footage I saw of it was actually at the panel I went to, but they didn't have live gameplay or anything there either. So, yeah. Um, that's kind of it for the list of games I played there, I, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I also played Connect Party at the Double Fine Action thing, or the Double Fine After Party, which was... That, that dubstep thing is so fun. Yeah, just, what is that dubstep thing? I walked by their booth and I just saw it playing. And I just right. Hear, hear um, it's just, it's one of the few where, like, just anyone can kind of walk in there and just start throwing, doing the dumbest things ever. Yeah, there's and no objective to it like some of the other ones where you can actually yeah, do something. It's, but just it'll no, just, it's just one of them, like, we're going to show you weird stuff on the screen. Yeah, but it'll map, could, like, a giant electric, like, top hat onto your head and, like, a weird boombox face and, like, a keyboard strapped to your, your waist and you're just kind of robotting it up on the screen. Does it change the, be- the music the best... at all? Or? No, it's oh. just all dubstepy. but the best one is when it'll like slow down the video footage for a second, then it'll speed back up to where you were and then slow down, so it's just <laughs> like, looks like what you'd see in a dubstep music video. It is just a weird dub- dubstep, like, crash, like, zone in the corner of your party. It, it's and, awesome. you know, Double Fine developers themselves said everything is better with dubstep, so... Wait, they've actually said that? They've gone on record? Oh, yeah. I actually got to talk to Chris Chris Remo a bit about that mode specifically, and apparently it was just like a joke at Double Fine. They made that minigame, and they just thought it was the dumbest thing ever, and no one would really think it's as funny as they thought it was. Yeah, but then then everyone started started showing it around. So they were like, oh, well, great. And it's like, (laughs) hey, what do you think of this? And it immediately became like, this is the greatest thing in this game. And it was like, oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, there's other modes in the game, too. It has other fun, zany things. But that's that the only one far. you're going to play, right? Yeah, just He's set it on that. It to hell. Just leave it in the corner. I, I had a really weird Twisted Pixel moment. Uh, I think it was Saturday night. We uh, A bunch of us were just walking home late, and we got into our ele- the elevator, and then a group ran up. And one of the guys in the group was Chainsaw. There you go. Oh, okay. It was just there. So you so had an we, elevator party? No, we were just going up. We were just, before, when we got off the elevator, like, you're Chainsaw, right? I love your music. Thanks. Was he carrying around a ukulele just in case? No, or? tragically, no. He was he was with a bunch of other developers from different companies, so I didn't want to be like, can I... Didn't want to like, nerd out. <laughs> yeah, okay. You want to um, play it cool. Yeah. <laughs> and that's because that's what you do with PAX. Play it cool. Yep. Yeah, just play it cool. Just be like, hey, I'm talking to Tim Schafer. Whatever. This happens all the time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I also realized I actually did play one more game. Okay. 
I played PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. I also played that. Sweet. Who did you play as? Nathan Drake. Okay. And I played as Raiden. Wait, what? You know, Revengeance? Yeah, he wasn't on the demo I played. Well, he was on the demo I played. Damn it! <laughs> media pass powers, dude. I guess. I, it wasn't media pass. I just walked up and there was a free spot and he was no, on there. I, I walked person, up three spots I didn't have it. There was two people that I hadn't, I didn't recognize. One was this cat thing. That's, uh, Toro, I think? He's, like, the Sony mascot in Japan. Okay. And the other one was this guy, kid named Spike. That's the kid from Ape Escape. Okay. You have, like, a know. big net or something? Or... He's probably got, like, the hula hoop and all the other stuff. Okay. I don't know. I didn't play as him or anything, so. So, verdict on that. Is it going to be the next hot new thing? It seems a lot slower than yeah. All Stars battles. It's like, kind of weird. It's, it's good and strange. People like, who it seems fine, but John, did it seem slower than Smash Bros. to you? Yes. People yeah. who play Smash Bros. are going to find it really off-putting. It seems really slow. Uh, yeah, well, the only way to get kills is to use your special meter. So you have to beat up people, build up super meter, and then try to kill them with your supers. There's level oh, one, okay. two, and three, so... I did win my fight. I didn't either. I was also playing... No, no, I said I did. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. Yeah. What's Raiden's supers? Uh... I think his first one is he does, like, the move where he kind of does a headstand with his legs out spinning around. Uh, oh, I can't nice. remember the other ones. He glows. <laughs> so does everyone. Yeah, is, I don't know. He is I the landing. Oh, there was another game I forgot about as well. Like, it was more of a stage demo, though. But, um, Dead Island Riptide. Okay. So is that, that an a... expansion pack or sequel I, I, or what? I think it's a sequel. Like, it looked like pretty substantial, like pretty substantial new stuff, so I think it's a sequel, but I, okay. I wasn't And really you liked the first sure. Dead Island, right? I generally very, like, I liked the combat and the first kind of third of that game a lot, and then I kind of got tired of some of the stuff, but it's a very, it has a lot of great stuff in it that I hope they can improve on for this next one. Um, and from what I saw, like, I guess they've improved the gunplay, and they've, I guess the main thing people loved about it was the co-op, so they're focusing on that. And they basically were showing off an area that is kind of a tower defense level, where you're you're kind of sh- like hiding in this big cathedral and trying to put up barbed wire and mines and stuff and keep zombies right. out. Right. So it's like zombie mode from Call yeah. of Duty, but like part of a larger campaign. So you survive and keep going. It's not just a okay. survival thing. On but just own. in terms of gameplay, it. I guess yeah. It looks okay. kind of like that. Did um, you come across optimistic? Uh, generally, um, the guy was also asking for feedback, which is where I took the opportunity to ask for an insane Diablo-type permadeath mode, which you told me I would not like, but I think maybe I would really well, like I, No, I said more that sane people would not yeah, like Yeah, and I told him that, too, and he, I guess it's not the first time he's heard that, too, so hopefully Okay, well, there you go. There. So there is at least someone out there that will be your friend. Mm-hmm. Right. You'll play the mode together and then both complain well, when just, you die. Well, I don't know, because like, one of the things was, like, how stressful that first game was. Like, it's so immersive and everything. I turned off all the HUD elements and everything. And then when I died and realized, like, you just kind of respawn like, five seconds earlier. Like, like everyone like... everyone I know who played Dead Island always complained that they died a lot. So I don't think the idea of a permadeath mode is a good idea. But you level up more, and then you get to roll in again with a stronger guy. So it'd be like Dead, Dead Rising 1. I was going to say, like, Dead Rising style. Yeah, and I like Dead Rising. So if you're going to implement more Dead Rising style stuff... Even the crazy stuff. Yeah. Put a camera in it while you're at it. 
got yourself a party. So you really just want Dead Rising three, but with first person. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, the Dead Rising two. I didn't quite love that. Dead game. Rising two off the record. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's all I need. It's just this guy doesn't have a leather jacket, and you know he's not named Frank. So screw this game. It's all in the name. It's all in the name. It's all in the name. Green. But, yeah. It generally Chuck, looks Chuck pretty Green's cool. a pretty good name though. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't that's a good, man. Remember that's when a good Dead Rising Case Zero came out and it was like the shit. Yeah, that was a fun weekend. Yeah, that was so good. All right, should I go through my list? Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, okay. Just oh wait. Dead, yeah. All, all it's like Dead Island dude seemed way stoked. That that guy's awesome. I don't know. That's it. Yeah. Continue. All right. A uh, little big planet carding. Uh, kind of the same issue that All Stars has is it feels a lot slower than the game it's ripping off. Um, I also played it with the Move controller though, which I did not like at all. Wait, it had the weird did you see steering wheel it was apparatus. Slower than uh, Kart Racers, whatever the hell that one was. I meant like Mario Kart. Oh, okay. Well, did you play Mod Nation Racers? I did. How would it compare to that? I haven't played that for a while, but that felt faster than this. This felt really slow. Because I remember Monitor Racers feeling kind of slow to me. Okay. I haven't played Monitor Racers in a while, but this one just came across real slow. Um, How's it compared to Sonic All-Stars? Uh, okay, so that'll t- I'll talk about that one next. I played Sonic Racing Transformed. Ooh, okay. Uh, that game looks a l- real nice. And I'm Ooh. not saying the first one looked bad, but just that game came out, what, in 2009? Nine? I think, yeah. 9, 9, or early 10. Uh, and this game just looks a lot better. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I liked that first one, and, you know, you're in a boat this time, or you're flying around. It looks cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, from there, I played this small little uh, Vita game, which I'm assuming will have to be downloadable, because it it's pretty basic. It's called When Vikings Attack. And... I actually quite enjoyed it. You you play as a group of people, and you kind of basically go into like a cul-de-sac or some kind of open area, and then all of a sudden Vikings will just start coming in from the sides to attack you. And the way they attack you is they pick up garbage cans or cars, and they throw them at you. Uh, so your goal is to either catch the cars or get out of the way and pick up your own weapon or pick up your own objects and throw them at the Vikings, and you just have to kind of survive the attack of the of all the Vikings until they're done, and you move to the next part of the stage, and then there'll be a boss fight fight at the end. But when you get hit, you'll lose some of your group, and then when there's, like, you know, scared citizens running around, you can kind of go over and collect them and make them part of your group. So you can pick up heavier stuff, but then you move slower and whatnot. Uh, so that was kind of an interesting game of, like, volleyball, kind of... Yeah, it, was, it, it was pretty fun. I liked it. Uh, we'll look forward to that. I hope it's downloadable, because that would, that would be a nice small little game for my Vita. I don't think there's touch controls, though, so what, what does that tell you? <laughs> Um, next was Super Time Force, uh, probably one of the indie games to get, uh, most praise throughout the show, I'd say. I heard about it, but I can't remember what it was actually about. I only got to look at it, I didn't actually get to play it. Apparently it has some pretty neat stuff going on. So uh, it's, it plays like Contra. Already excited. And you have one life. Already excited. Well, sorry, you have one hit point, you have 30 lives, but here's the real interesting part. So you can pick between four characters. And every time you die, you can change which character you want. But So let's say you, pl- you pick um, the sniper girl first. You go through the level, you kill one enemy, and then the next enemy kills you. The game will rewind back to the f- start, or whatever checkpoint you last had. 
and you can pick a different character, or let's say you go with the Sniper Girl again. Now, your first replay will be playing with you, and they will still take out that first enemy. Oh, dude. So, a- so as you die, you get more and more of yourself playing with you, so the game becomes easier. And it gets really cool. If you take out an enemy that a previous version of yourself took out, but you take it out before that previous version, then that e- then that replay will kind of freeze, and you can jump on them, and that'll be your new checkpoint for one life. So by switching up all the characters you're playing as, you basically are creating a team of yourself. Uh, and you can just sit back and let the previous versions of yourself go ahead and take out the enemies, or you can rush forward and make checkpoints, and uh, yeah, you have 30 lives to go through it. It's pretty fun. It's funny. Uh, that game ends with you, or the demo ended with you stopping the uh, the asteroid that destroyed the dinosaurs because you think it would be cool to live with dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Then it cuts forward to the future, and there's a T-Rex president, and he wants to take out all the humans. So it's funny. They had a really funny cartoon playing at their booth based on their game. I don't know what the story with that was, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think, John, you'd be pretty into it. Yeah, uh, I actually saw footage of it. It actually looked really interesting. But like when you started describing like the, the replay feature, like it kind of sounds like if the Super Meat Boy replay at the end of a stage was actually gameplay it's yeah it looks like that basically that sounds incredible i am you've just psyched me up for this game yeah it's it's pretty cool um a lot of people are quite into it and yeah it was a nice long demo uh it took me about 45 minutes and then my buddy Griffon plays it and beats it in 15 <laughs> and then the developer went and told me i was very slow at that <laughs> um <clears throat> you're uh, that's what you are yes very uh, next game I played was already out for wait, about wait, wait. a week or two. Sorry, briefly worth mentioning, that is the Sword and Sorcery people, right? Is it? Oh, yeah. man, I have no idea. Cabby? I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's them. I'm going to look this up right now. I'm just going to look up Cabby games. I was told those guys... Actually, no, yeah, you can look sweet. it up. I'm going to... Uh, it is Cabby. Is that the Sword and Sorcery guys? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it or, is Cabby. Um, on. so that's cool. I'm looking forward to that. Uh... I don't think I asked about a release date. Or if I did, they wanted to say, like, springtime next year, I believe. Uh, next game I played, so this game was already out for about a week or two before PAX. It's called Jack Lumber. It's a mobile game. Uh, plays a little similarly to Fruit Ninja, but instead of you swiping to take out as many as you can, when you put your finger down, everything in the air freezes, and you need to draw a line through all the logs and then I'll cut them. And some logs will need to be cut three times in one go. Some will need to be cut in certain directions. There's power-ups you can cut to, like, slow down time further. <clears throat> the real interesting thing about this game is the premise. You play a lumberjack whose grandmother was killed by an evil tree, and now you want to destroy all the trees. Now, did it just fall on her, or is it actually, like, Ferngully or something? Tree. It's an evil That I'm not quite tree. sure. I don't know if they get that deep into it. However, the card he gave me does have a picture of his grandma knitting and a tree's shadow coming up and being all sinister. Whoa. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So it's like poltergeist Um, or something. One of the really cool things, though, is every time you, like, finish a level, you love animals, so you get to collect one for, like, your house. And specifically the first one, I was told, uh, Buck the Beaver or something like that, has 150 lumberjack-themed puns. Yay! Yep. And he even Pons. said, and we have the writer of them over there, of the game over there, so I went and asked her, I'm like, how many of these did you Google? And she's like, Google was not used at all. The whole 
development team came up with these. But don't worry, more are coming. Yeah. So look forward to that. That's I I couldn't I can't even think of ten lumberjack themed puns. They thought of 150. Well, that means they're just really devoted to their job. Yeah, there you go. Next game, Howard. Howard? Howard? Or is this called Harold? Oh. Was this our runner? Yeah. I think it's called Harold. Harold it is. Okay. Harold. Yeah, I heard about this game. I didn't actually get to see it. What's really cool about this game is the detailed animation. All the characters and everything moving looks super fluid and real nice. Um, and I heard one of the PR guys telling some people behind me they have tons of animators that worked on, like, Lion King and stuff, so they're really focusing. Yeah, I believe so. That was a good movie. It is. And if it's not, I don't know if it's all Disney staff, but at least they have a whole bunch of, like, professional animators working on this. Uh, this is one of the games, however, that feels, like, I played it on with a 360 controller. Uh, it feels like this is almost made for mobile, because what you basically do is you have Harold here, and basically he's in a, a running race, and all the other people are already ahead of him, and you start running, and you need to kind of manipulate the obstacles and stuff in front of him to keep him moving as fast as possible oh, so I he think can I pass the other people. Action. This one looked pretty interesting. Yeah, this was all against the back wall right by the harmonics booth. So, for example, what'll happen is you'll be running toward, let's say, a pit. You can slide the block across the pit so that when he gets on it, you can slide it back, and then he can get to the other side while he's running. Or, you know, tap to make him jump onto the rope, so that, and then tap so he goes off the rope. So he's constantly moving forwards, and you're just trying to make the path in front of him as easy as possible. Um, it looks really great. The voice acting was, was pretty good. Harold sounds like a total dork the whole time. Um, and yeah, just the look of it, just real nice. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, like I said, it feels like it was almost made for mobile because easily just slide the boards with your finger as opposed to with the, uh, you know, analog stick and whatnot. Uh, next game I played, and this was the second game I played during my media hour, was uh, Devil May Cry. I'm uh, surprised. Why? I like Devil May Cry. I guess I keep forgetting that. Yeah. I didn't play a lot of four, but three I love. Um, so they had two demos for this. I was able to play both of them. One is uh, just a uh, standard level. The other one was a boss fight. Um, that game is pretty good. I'm looking forward to that. I will play that game. I, I don't really know what to say. It plays just like Devil May Cry. More platforming elements, because you can kind of swing around with some stuff. Um, if that sounds correct to you guys, for because you've both played it, right? Right. Was it the same level? Like, it's this kind of cobblestone street, and it gets all yeah. hellish, and then... Okay, yeah. yeah. Did you do the boss fight as well? I don't know. I didn't. So. I didn't do the boss fight, but I watched it. Right. Okay. And so was the boss fight the one, like, this weird, like, goo monster kind of thing, and you have to jump from different platforms? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's cool, and they have a whole, like, uh, the grounds falling section in there that you need to, like, swing across the bigger gaps, and... But would you agree it seems more emphasis on the platforming this time? Yeah. Uh, yeah Devil May Cry like was never can... really known for, like, traversal or platforming. This one seems like it's going to try to make that a little bit more important. Yeah, not, like, a ton more, but there's definitely a more of an emphasis on it, for sure. More like, um, shoot, what was that? Enslaved. Felt a yeah. little bit more like Enslaved than a Devil May Cry. No, game. I think Enslaved is way more platforming than this is. But that seemed a lot more was, guided too. Like that was enslaved like, was almost like Prince of Persia. How, how this... deep was the combat in Enslaved? Uh, not it was super, but not it... super, but it was pretty decent. Like it probably as deep as like a God of War. 
Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I guess. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think back. I God of War without, like, the extra items to let you do different kinds of attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I enslaved way more, uh, platform heavy than the demo I played. Uh, next, um, Tomb Raider. I was very excited to play this. Has anyone here played Tomb Raider? No. Yes. Not oh, this demo. Not this demo. Okay. Okay, so this demo, it seems to take place right after that E3 trailer that they came out with, where she just finds herself, like, caught upside down. This one seemed to take place right after she escapes that section, so some people have already been kidnapped and killed, and she's already kind of freaked out. But it's basically all about um, when she first gets a bow. So there's not a ton of platforming in this one. It was mainly just kind of exploring the area, finding the bow, and, like, watching her have to make her first kill with, like, a deer. Uh, pretty good. She's like, I'm sorry, and, like, cuts into that deer, and, um, I'm looking forward to Tomb Raider. It was pretty much what I expected, um, so I'm pretty much looking. So what you're saying is Cabela's Big Game Hunter. Yeah. The sequel. Yes. Year so, of the Bow. Year of the Bow. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And a helicopter, and then shoot bows out of it. Um, following that, Battle Block Theater is still alive. It, yeah, I walked and was like, oh yeah, this hasn't come out. I, like, I saw it there and had the same reaction everyone seems to, which is, why isn't this out yet? Because I remember that trailer, and it was funny. Uh, Four years boat. ago, like I said, like, I went up to one of the booths, because they had it all set up on arcade machines, It's right? cooperative, right? Yeah. Like, is it? If you want to. Oh, yeah. Right, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, now you're right. There's both a story mode, where you can play with one other person, and there's, like, a arena mode, which was the first thing they showed off. That narrator is funny. I hope it's funny. I'm, I think it'll be funny too. The, the so I was ta- I was with the developer. Like I just went up to the Dan Paladin, started playing, and all of a sudden a guy comes up saying, "Hey, I'll play co-op with you." And he's like, "Oh, by the way, I'm the lead level designer." Nice. Whoa. I was like, "Oh, great!" And so we talked a ton. The story seems to be you and a friend are like stranded on this island, and then one of your buddies was taken over by an evil top hat and is making you go through this battle block theater. Which is for like, so you'll see like an audience kind of at the bottom of the screen, and they'll like throw roses at you at the end of each level for like okay. uh, enjoyment and whatnot. So you want to save your Evil buddy. top hat. So it's kind of yeah, like Frosty Evil... the Snowman. Yeah, Frosty okay. Snowman. Weird. Professor Layton in the Miracle Mask. Wait, is there <gasps> a demo of that there? There is. I did. I played about literally twenty seconds before thinking, "Wait, what on earth am I doing? Of course, I'm going to buy this game." See, that's why I wasn't too away. hurt about not playing Revengeance. I'm, I'm very sure I'm going to buy that. Right. That was kind of my thing with, like I mentioned, I went, I found myself back at the indie booth a lot because a lot of the games was like, I don't really need to play this. Of course, I'm going to buy it. Like some stuff, I definitely did want to try out. Like New Super Mario Bros. U. I haven't tried the Wii U before, and of course I'm going to get it, but I wanted to see it so I could, you know, talk about it and whatnot and know what mm-hmm. it's going to be like. But most of the time I was like, I want to go to the indie booth because there's stuff that I'm probably not going to ever see again here or that it's just going to be lost to me. Um, but anyway, so yeah, following that, um, I picked up a card game um, that I think John would recognize this. We talked about it on Skype a while ago. Remember that Tentacle Rape uh, high school tentacle girls Bento. game? One of my one of the guys in my group picked it up too. I found it. Yeah, I found that and I picked it up. And then just based on me saying I bought it, three other people in our group bought it. Uh, we played a round of it. That game is funny. That but game is very boobs. I've seen. That's it's just everything. 
Well, yeah, every innuendo. And stuff, oh, but... oh, it is ridiculous from what I saw. We never played it. Uh, one of our friends wants to wait till our other friend is there because she's apparently really good at doing like hentai voices, is what he calls mm-hmm. it. So we'll be playing what? that. Okay. Well, eye contact's important. True, true, true. Is that in the instructions for the game? Uh, no, that was one of the cards. Uh, if you want yeah. to be great, cool. anyway. Or the uh, flavor text for the uh, greenhouse is takes a skilled hand to make things grow. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was near the escalators, right? They had a little booth there. Yep. Um, yep. I yeah, um, I didn't really get to play it. it so yeah, we just... played about a round of it. Yeah, this is a card game for people who don't know. I think I mentioned that though. But and uh, anyways. Uh, it seems kind of like more advanced Go Fish, because it's all about making uh, sets of like three things in your hand and then playing them and getting a point for that. Um, yeah, I, I heard that, it was basically Rummy. I don't know Rummy. I don't know Rummy very well either, but that's what one of my friends said who looked through the games. Like, yeah, this seems very Rummy-ish. Okay, so right. for those so, Rummy fans out there, now you know what you're getting. Yeah, um, well, for those Rummy fans out there, this is maybe like it. <laughs> yeah, definitive. Potentially. Um, so but yeah, so that'll that'll come up at our tabletop night in the future. I, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that, but that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Okay, next one. So telling stories, I kind of hinted at this one earlier. This game was shown throughout the entire three days for a total of two hours. Right. It would take over the spy party booth for an hour on Saturday and Sunday, and then that was it. So which limited was exclusive engagement. Bizarre. Yeah, I saw a sign for it, but I wasn't. I never actually got to see it. What right. What is it all about? So, it's it's not a so much a a game as more of I don't know. So basically, what it sets you up is it sets you up with a blank comic strip. So let's say like three panels, and it gives you a set of tools to fill those comic strips. Where the tools will be pretty limited to something like a boy, a girl, and like a tombstone, and it'll say something really spe- uh, specific like. I don't know, two heartbreaks, or something like that. Um, so you put, you drag, like, the boy to the first panel, and it'll, you know, it's all contact-sensitive, so it'll say, like, well, it won't say anything yet. As soon as you put a second person there, so the girl, it'll say, Tim loves Laura. And then in the second panel, you put only Tim, and the fl- text on that one will appear as, Laura left Tim, and he'll have, like, a broken heart above his head. And then you put, like, the tombstone in the third one, and it'll say, Tim committed suicide out of heartbreak. Um, and you can kind of change it how it goes, but then at the end it'll say, like, yes, you completed the objective we wanted you to. But sometimes it'll be like, you completed it, but can you go a little further and complete it with only using two people? Or using only four of the six panels? And so it makes it a little harder. Um... And then as you go to the next one, none of the none of the little stories relate to the previous one, so if you broke this guy's heart in the first one, it doesn't matter in the second one. Um, and it's just a kind of a neat, like, how do, how do will all these characters interact with each other, or what happens if I put the tombstone here? And it'll get deep enough to be like, you can put a treasure chest, and whoever the treasure chest is closest to, that person is now rich. And it'll be stuff like, I, I put this person here, and he's a bad guy, but then I put the girl here because he kidnapped her, and it, it seems they put a lot of different combinations in there, and it was pretty interesting. I'm not exactly sure if it is called telling stories, but it's something really similar to that. I think you're right with telling stories. I seem to remember actually I seeing it there when I played Spy Party. I'll just look this up. Um, but yeah, it seems really interesting. 
it's not too much like a game, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more. Telling Stories is the name of a band, so it's not that one. But I will talk more about stuff while this is going on. New Super Mario Bros. U. Yeah. Um, that game, game is Mario. Yep. That's it. That's that game is Mario. Does it look Boy, challenging? Yeah. Nope. Great. Is the I don't know what suits you got in there? They had an acorn suit that's like a gliding thing. No, I don't think this one has. I don't think the Tanuki's in there. No. Was there a Karibo shoe? No, there's an acorn. Oh, alright. I like acorns. You turn into Squirrel Mario, and it's... Oh, Flying Squirrel Mario, and you can glide. Whoa. I think it was. Anyway, yeah, that's um, right. the person with the Wii U pad can make platforms appear or take out enemies for you. You know, in case you wanted things to be easier. Even easier, Or they can yeah. make it even harder and try to mess with you. They can, yeah. but all you can really do is put a platform in the way, and the guy has to hit it with his head, and it's gone, so... But it could drop him into a chasm or something. It could. There you go. So the worst enemy is your friends. Yep. Um, yep. That, that available soon. Right. Uh, Project P100. Yeah, there's a good game. That game is cool. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, the Wii, the pad stuff isn't great. Drawing isn't always great. The drawing the circle or drawing the triangle to make your group of characters turn into a sword didn't always work wonderfully for me. I found after some trial and error I found, like, it did eventually work. It just took a little bit of finagling, but, yeah. And it also kind of sucks having to move your thumb over to the pad to draw. Well, where are you Where are you holding it? I, like, just extending out my thumb seems to work pretty well, but maybe that's just because I do that with my 3DS already. Well, because you need to draw, like, a full circle, so how do you get your thumb over big enough to, to make a big enough circle? Oh, you can just do a smallish one. I guess. I don't know. I was trying to go, like, middle of the area, I guess. I'm not sure. I only played a bit with it. Um, I didn't beat the boss. I'm pretty sure I lost. I think it was because of time, though. I can't remember. Yeah, no, that demo has a really strict time limit. Yeah. Um, but it seems funny. And it re- reminds me of Beautiful Joe that's, in terms of the art style. That's because the same guy worked on it. Okay, well, there you go. And this is Platinum Games? Yep. Okay. So the Bayonetta people again. Yep. Um, but I'll, I'm definitely going to keep my eye on it. Uh, I would probably be pick that up if it was a launch title. Uh, I think that's what they're trying to make it, but I somehow doubt it. Uh, it also said on the thing, the name of the game, Project P100 Working Title, and I was like, oh man, I kind of wish they would keep that. Because it's probably going to turn into something like Ultimate Sword Quest or something, right? I, I don't think so. It's gonna, I don't think it's going to have a stupid name like that. Ultimate Hero Squad! Yeah, something dumb. Squad is a good word. It is, it's true. I don't think it's a good word. Oh, I disagree. Okay. It's got Gangster a Q in Squad. It. Gangster Squad. It was delayed until next year. Worst title. Oh, okay. Wait, there's I'm... actually a thing called Gangster Squad? Cause that's... It's a movie coming out, yep. Yeah, that... by Ruben Fleischer, director yeah, of It looks that good, but it has the dumbest name. Nick Nolte's in it. But, okay. I, I thought it looked kind of interesting, but... Alright. I, I kind of just wish they would keep their title. All right, anyway, P100. Uh, last game I haven't talked about was Luigi's Mansion 2. I actually didn't really play a ton of that, um, because it, I had a meeting it to go. Dark Moon or something? Yeah, Dark Moon. Okay. So 
know, so it's whatever. actually the sequel to Majora's Mask. Like, fun fact. I was going to say sequel to the CCR song, but yeah. Okay. Sequel to Luigi's Mansion 1. Nah, oh, okay. that, that's too cut and dry. Yeah, Luigi yeah. ends up they, in They would never Termina. do a sequel like that. Yeah, that no, movie right. was creepy. Um, I didn't play enough of this game to really talk about it, because I didn't get to any ghosts. You didn't what? even get to any ghosts? Was it like the little thing where there was the car in the garage? and the, Yep. The, yeah. You gotta get your uh, vacuum? I ended up playing that for a good long time. Um, I actually just stopped, because it was just like, this is. I've been playing it for like 10 minutes, and I don't care that much, so... Here, here you go, and then secretly you actually I'll, do I'll probably end up picking that game it. up. So, yeah, okay. Um, some things I didn't write down on this on the document here that I want to mention is uh, one of the meetings I went to was the Oculus, the what? Which is a head-mounted virtual reality goggles thing, and this is the one that John Carmack is working on. Oh, okay. So I got to t- check out that prototype. So you played some Doom three. I played some Doom, yeah, and it's in three D, and those goggles are cool. I was just thinking, reading up about it, Slender would be scary. With that. Oh man! Think about Shit. it. Yeah, that would be. Because you yeah, no, you move your head around. around. You have full control of where you move. Um, the prototype I was using was the first generation one. The second generation one they had there broke, uh, so it was a bit heavy, and I couldn't do tons of movement without the thing kind of falling off a bit. And it was sliding on my head a bit. But they've said they already have a third generation one that's a lot better. Um, that thing's aiming to come out in December. Is it actually going to be a consumer product, though, or is it like a $1,000 thing? Like, I asked the price. Experiment? They don't have one set up yet, but they're aiming for about two to 400 Okay. And, yeah, so Doom will come with it, and the next game announced that will run it is Hawken. Yeah. yeah. What is Hawken? I kept seeing that everywhere. Haw- Hawken to seems to be, like, the, like, hit of the show. It just came out of nowhere, and everyone was talking about it. Free-to-play mech game. Yeah, it was like a mech game, and everyone everyone who went to it was like, yeah, Hawking. They were also saying best swag at the show, because apparently people weren't feeling some of the swag. So I don't remember right. what swag like they had. I just kept seeing Hawking everywhere. It was like Firefall in previous years. That was there. Which is still there. <laughs> and that the dude same is still rocking that costume. Booth? Yeah, and there was like a RV parked across from the Paramount Theater just throwing dubstep out into the streets, which I thought was really funny. So cool. there's like 12 seconds of video of that. Cool. Firefall. Uh, but yeah, so the Oculus, uh, it worked. It looks pretty cool. Um, I don't know if I would spend $400 on that, though, especially for those two games. But uh, the future is happening, I guess. The future is happening. And John yep. Carmack lives there. So, awesome. Yep. Oh, that's Oculus. about it for all I played. Should we talk a bit about the panels and stuff we did around PAX? Sure. Yeah. First panel, first day, runaway guys, throwing controllers. Oh, man, that panel sounded like shit. Oh, I don't you know. know. What? It was pretty okay. fun. Okay, I no, went I'm, to the I'm Assassin's doing. Creed food truck beforehand, got myself a chicken sandwich, some spicy coleslaw, and was like, all right, I got about 10 minutes to get to John's panel. So I rushed over to John's panel. I'm in line. I made it. I go to take a bite of my coleslaw. Everything falls out of the plate onto my pants on the floor. Oh, that's the worst. I rushed all the way to your panel just to spill food on myself. I think there's video of Sean complaining and blaming you for this happening. Did you so, actually blame me for it? Just like, it's all, I wouldn't have gone if you weren't there, so... Yeah. He's like pointing at his shorts, just like, this wouldn't but have happened. we did redeem it after John's panel. Oh, f- I hate you guys so much for that, by the way. <laughs> and we have video of this. There is video. Oh, it 
is uploaded, but it's set to private right now because I wasn't sure if John was actually offended and just. I, I don't know if I want that actually like getting out there. Okay. Can we but, talk about what yeah, it is? Yeah, we, we can no? talk. We can talk about it. Okay, Nathan, do you want to explain it? Oh, I didn't come up with this gag, but uh, basically, guy who came along with us, Brad, a coworker of Sean's, I guess, and yep. friend of the crew. Um, John doesn't know him, so <laughs> Sean had to return his copy of Tales of the Abyss uh, to John, which is John's copy. Gave it to Brad to then go get signed by John. By John, haha. Then uh-huh. we all kind of snuck up and just stood there for like ten minutes talking about nonsense, and then sprung that on him. And uh, yeah, the yeah. You but John, aren't you happy? happy it, right? we, I got you a copy of Tales of the Abyss signed by the Proton John. You're fucking asshole. Yeah, it was the, so the, the worst, funny. The worst part is like he hands it to me. I'm like. This is a very weird coincidence because Sean is right there, and I was just given a copy of my of the game I'm waiting from him. You you're making it sound like you knew what was going on. No, no, no. That's no it. That I I felt odd, but I still went along with it anyways. Because what happened was he got me to sign it, and I was going to sign it on the character, like the main character. Right. And I was like, no, something feels off. I'm just going to sign the corner. Yeah. Oh, right. No, I seriously, you're seriously. Lying. No, you. I don't know. You get genre's reaction. I've I've studied the film. I've studied the tape. Um, and yeah, you do seem like that did seem really weird. Like there's a and there's a delay to the reaction too. You don't actually notice it on the thing, but okay, I buy it. I buy that you felt off about the tales of the abyss. I'm not. Signed. I'm not saying like like it didn't dawn on me till after like when I was getting ready to sign it. I'm not it's saying a like you walked up with signed. my with my game and because Brad was talking like good. He was talking like everyone else there, and I was like. Coming off the adrenaline high of the panel actually working right, so I was I my brain was mush at that point. Okay, so that's why I didn't just sit like look around and see if you guys were there. Which we actually, I even fair, saw we you were later. Also hiding behind a pillar to make sure you. I saw you guys us. later, and it still didn't dawn on me. Okay, okay, but it was just like this. Something about this feels suspicious, but I'm I'm gonna do it anyway. So good stuff. This is really funny. <sighs> and yes, we have filmed that. Uh... It, it pisses me off because I don't like having like stuff all over my game cartridges, and you basically just did that to me. So I was just like, Fuck! It's a nice little, it's a nice little signature. <sighs> yeah, no, it wasn't my idea, but as soon as I heard it, I was like, that it was hundred percent like Nathan's idea. Yeah, it was, I came it was up Paul's, with it. from what I've been told, because I chatted with him later. Okay, I came back from the washroom, and this plan had been formulated, and the first phase had already been put in motion. So it was just like. Turn on your camera. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was an accomplice to some extent, but whatever. So, John, how did your panel go this time? Okay, the panel went so much better compared to PAX East. Like, infinitely better. It, still it was had, fun, it was funny. It still had it some issues, panel. which was Like, the you worst didn't part. get to set up until really late thanks to the Razor people, right? Yeah, okay, so here's what happened. Uh, we went there Thursday. We wanted to talk to the tech guys early to see if everything we needed was going to be there. They told us, yeah, come back at 9 tomorrow on Friday morning. Your panel's at noon. We'll get you set up super early. So then you can just go relax for a couple hours, come back, and then just start the panel. So we show up at 9, and I skip breakfast because I stayed up late working on the panel, making sure everything was right and doing bug testing. So we get there at 9, and uh, one of my buddies is there, and he says, yeah, we can't go in. I'm like, why? We were told to show up. Yeah, uh, Razer, the company that releases like those mouse and laptops and everything, they, uh, they're introducing some new products so there's a non-disclosure agreement on it and they won't let anyone in who's not supposed to be in there so we were told to wait outside so the the, the guy 
the one of the enforcers were like, "Yeah, okay, I know it's kind of stupid, but we can't do anything." They paid they paid for the space and the time, so we can't do anything about it. Was was their panel just before yours? No, their panel was at three p.m. Yeah, I, all right. So they just couldn't clear that stuff out. No, they, they they were having technical issues. That's why it took them like an hour and almost almost like hour fifteen minutes more than it should have. They were okay. supposed to be done by the time I got there, but no. So they told us we had to wait till ten, and then we got in, and they finally left. And by that point, the next panel, the one that was at ten thirty, had to come in and start setting up too. Oh, okay. So we started talking to the tech, and we explained everything. And I was like, "Yeah, no, we can get all that done in about half an hour." So really, you guys just waited outside for nothing. <laughs> Which, I've... considering I hadn't eaten breakfast, pissed me the hell off. Yeah, I have some footage like four minutes before the panel, like the doors opened, of like purple screen. And like weird stuff before it, so I was like, "Oh man, is this gonna happen? Is this gonna be all glitchy?" Um, I guess the only glitch that did happen was resolution related. Yeah, apparently, uh, which this also pissed me off a lot because of the, if the razor panel, if they razor him in like that, we could have fixed this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hooked up the the NES, uh, we hooked up all the old systems, and I didn't realize it because of the system they're using for that room for the projectors and that the resolution's too low for for whatever setup they have to pick it up. So well, to it pick would... it up right, it was weird. It was, like, yeah. flickering. It, it would flicker on and off, like, every, like, second. You have a second of gameplay, then a second of darkness, then a second of gameplay, and it would just keep going like that. Yeah, so you get, like, weird little updates as to what's going on with the Mario Bros. Yeah, but... it was just super aggravating. But, uh, what happened was we had to do that. We got everything set up uh, properly afterwards, but had I actually gotten a chance to run the game beforehand and see if it would have caused that issue, mm-hmm. I had a backup system with me, but we couldn't use it. We couldn't switch it in the middle of the panel because it would have taken 10, 15 minutes, so we just rolled with it. Oh, okay. So because of that and because of the razor panel, we had this annoying issue, which, like I said, pissed me the hell off. But what are you going to do, right? Hmm. Uh, the, I'm trying to... Like you just—it was the standard kind of game show stuff that was at Odafest and whatever. But uh, no, actually, bigger. well, you saw the Odafest one. It was it, the, new. It games. was fairly different, yeah. Like I changed yeah. it from like being this board game with two teams to just being like one person at a time. Okay, so just the number of successes you get is who wins, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, so what guy... it was like you had they had uh, ten panels on screen. Each one had a different challenge, so you had to try to get as many challenges correct as you could in a row. Mm-hmm. And highest score won a grand prize, which was a 3DS XL in two games. Right. Um, there was a second 3DS giveaway that happened. Was that supposed to be a second prize initially, but not enough people got through? Or... No, no, we had, we had planned to do a random draw as well. Oh, okay, okay. So that Just... that, that was intentional. But you, you kept calling contestants up right to the last minute, so we were kind of, Paul and I were just turning to each other, it's like, do they know what time it is, dude? Like, this is crazy. Like, if someone does really well, we're hosed. Yeah, no, no, I, I was keeping an eye on the clock, so don't worry. Oh, okay, okay. Like, if someone had a, just an amazing winning streak, like, right at the last minute, it would just be really weird, because then you'd be pushing up. Somehow, the somehow, after the way that uh, most of the previous attempts had gone, I had a feeling that was not going to be the case. Okay. That one gent did do pretty well. That, that one guy did out. really good. I mean, yeah. he, he got to, like, one, one of my challenges was pretty brutal. Uh, it was Battle Kid, Fortress Apparel, survived 30 seconds against the boss, the first right. boss. You have three lives. Like, his first try, he died four seconds. Second try was, like, six seconds. And his third try was, like, four, 25 seconds. And I asked the audience, like, hey, should we give it to him? Because that was pretty good. And everyone was like, yeah. So he, yeah, got, yeah. he got five straight because of that. Cool. So he was the winner by a long shot. Uh, everyone else really only got to one. I think one person might have gotten to two. Right. Like, there was some weird grown, like, just generation gap 
type moments. Uh, I think yeah. like the Mega Man question specifically. So yeah, oh, okay. Like, this is this is for the po- people listening. Mm-hmm. One of the easy questions. One of the two that people got wrong was uh, what is the name of the main villain in the Ma- original Mega Man series of games? And the person who came up, yeah, he was a kid. I don't. Know, I want to say he was thirteen, maybe twelve. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He responded with, "I have never played the Mega Man games," and the, and the audience crowd just freaked out. Yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? What? Yeah. Yeah. So like, he he an- disgruntled. Like, his answer was like Mega Man or something like that. I think that was his answer. There there is footage of the panel out there now. Oh okay. It like, is it is did on you YouTube. Guys actually live stream it or no? Oh, no, that's didn't. one of the rooms. But, uh, two people wasn't. had okay. two people had handy cams and recorded the whole thing. But yeah, like the guy, he uh, he got pretty much booed off because he didn't know that. The the entire audience just like knew the game, and they were just so like upset that he didn't know it. Uh, the other easy question, and maybe I should have made this a tricky. I said, "What is Samus's?" Or sorry, what is the full name of the main character from Metroid? And it had to be Samus Aran. And the guy what? knew the first name. He knew Samus. Yeah, that's not tricky at all, though. Well. Uh, the Iran, the Iran is what like, probably seemed harder. I don't think that's I'm tricky either. I'm trying to think, like, in any of the Smash Bros. games, is that said on the select screen? No, when, so, you, when you pick the character, easy. it's just Samus. Okay, but like I guess. in like the profile, it's Samus Aran, and right. in other Sam- in other Metroid games, it's always mentioned Samus Aran. That's pretty common knowledge. So yeah, I, I don't yeah, which that's... is why I had it as easy. But like the guy did not know the last name, and I tried to be nice. I'm like, hey, audience, he got Samus. Should we just let him? move on and they all scream no so <laughs> there you go the, the audience was bloodthirsty it was kind of funny to be fair a lot of those questions I didn't know the answer to but uh that one I did hmm. it's like did you know any of the tricky ones or any of the games I knew I, knew, I don't think I knew most of them I knew so, the second the audio one because it was Scott, Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim yeah that one I got immediately where's the first one I, I knew because it was uh, Turtles in Time yeah exactly but Everyone no. I talked to about the audio questions, they always they only knew one of the three that came up. Like there was never a person who knew two of them. It was always one of the three, and it was either Scott Pilgrim or Ninja Turtles. And what I don't even remember one? what the third one that came up was. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Okay, Gradius happened. That I don't know. Um, I, I guess briefly, just uh, it might be too specific, but after the panel, we kind of have. Well, actually, no. Then it would be us, you commenting on footage you haven't seen. But like, a fan came up with like a book or something that he'd made, or yeah, um, I have it right here actually. Um, but what was it? Like, we were just kind of off off camera, like, or just in the corner, being like, "What is it? Is it like a, like a transcript or something? What 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 are we looking at?" But you seemed really stoked, so I don't know if you want to give a shout out or something. But okay, I, I'm so bad with names, but so oh, he's it's written in the back of the book, Stephen. I don't remember your full name. I'm so sorry, dude. But uh, he basically, he made his own book about Ryu Hayabusa. I, okay. I think I may, I may believe I made some offhanded joke during one of the Ninja Gaiden video, LP videos I did a long time ago, that Ryu was like such a good detective, he's like Sherlock Hayabusa. Mm-hmm. And this guy made a book, The Adventures of Sherlock Hayabusa, wrote his own stories that were takes on the Sherlock Holmes stories, and gave it to me. And I was that's pretty great. It was so amazing. When as soon as I saw it, I freaked out. And I just I have it on my desk right now. It's it's probably going to be a permanent fixture on this desk. Do you know his name? Do you want to shout out? He, I don't remember his full name. He has Stephen written in the uh, the author's notes. There you go. Shout but out to he, but yeah, like he oh, he knew his stuff. He knows his home stuff. All really the good. Stevens of the world. To all the Stevens, you're all the best. Well, only one of you are. Yeah, you know who you are. Um. Anyway, yeah. No, good, 
good stuff. I'm glad it didn't. Like, I, to be fair, I never thought the PAX East one was that disastrous from what I saw. But well, I mean, the, the crash at the end is what killed it for me. And right. like all the technical that issues, like intense. It, it ran so much smoother at, at Prime than East. Like uh, East, we couldn't even full screen the games. Uh, what else was it at East that stood out? Um, yeah, I had to keep flipping back and forth on the same laptop. The computer crashed. We had to restart. We had a Q and A that would turn into a disaster. Okay. Like the whole panel just fell apart. But like this one ran smooth. Uh, the only the only hiccup was the the flashing, which flickers. But at least there was something to look at. Yeah, and I like, and I couldn't predict instead that instead of just black screens. I couldn't predict yeah, that yeah. because I tested on previous projectors and it was ran fine. So it was just like, oh. I'm kind of irritated now that I couldn't have tested that earlier because that would have I knew how to fix that. Hmm. But how many people do you think were at the panel? Um, people were guessing about 300. We gave out about 130 of the cards to play the game, close to 140. Okay. And they, sure. I think people were saying about half wanted to play and half didn't, so that works out to about 300. Nathan has number one. Do number you actually one. runaway guys fan number one right here? Do you yeah, actually have, have the number card. one card? <laughs> yeah. So he kept yeah, complaining because every time you guys would say like. Number one hundred three. He he would think, yeah. oh, it's me. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> I, I don't know how that would have gone if you had come up. I would have just been like, oh shoot, what am I supposed to do about people I actually know? <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking like at some point, just like I have never met these people in my life. Thank you for the three DS. <laughs> anyone who oh, anyone who knew the podcast would be like, uh. <laughs> I don't think anyone would have recognized yeah. you. Well, no, not physically, no. but Total yeah. Mystery. Such secret. a man of mystery. But anyway, that didn't happen. Uh, did you go to any other panel stuff after that? Were that you... was the only panel I, I actually know. made it out to, because, you know, we were running it. Was your own? I went to Smothers. Good, yeah. Good of you to show up. Yeah, um... it's a good thing. Good turnout. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, apparently, we're running it again at East, because uh, one of the guys in my group is, like, super psyched by how it went. Okay. So, the uh, the Chugga guy, the guy who, in the polo shirt. Yep. Oh, yes. So Nathan, yeah, what other panels did you go to? Oh, okay. Um, first day I, after that, I went to the We'll Do It Live streaming games over the internet panel, which was, I guess, mainly esports people. So okay. I didn't really know who they were, but it was like some big StarCraft dudes. Uh, DJ Wheat was there. I've heard that name. Who before. Seemed to be an affable guy. I, I don't know. Just some kind of tips as to how to run a live stream and stuff. That that was not the most interesting panel on that topic I saw during the show, but it was okay. Um, then I saw a Meg64 panel that is kind of like a nerd thing, which I enjoyed. I, I had a good time. And actually, uh, Griffon, friend of the show, and Brittany, um, friend of mine, I don't know. Uh, they hadn't heard of Meg64 before, and they were kind of intrigued by their goofy antics. So I was into that. They had a dubstep thing early in the show and a lost joke. And, yeah, they, they did their funny stuff and Q&A and everything. Um, then there was Giant Bombcast Live, which was the last one that day. Uh, Sean, you were there for that, too. Yeah, no, right. uh, that was good. The uh, Cards Against okay. Humanity and them, they announced they're doing a Giant Bomb-themed Cards Against Humanity expansion. Yes. I'm really? excited for that. Oh, man, that would um, be great. Yep. Which is uh, they're going to film gonna be more like, the actual writing process of that. And put it on Giant Bomb, which I'm very excited for. So, did you guys pick up the right. second expansion? Yes, yep. I, I got one of those before they sold it. I actually I'm went sure there, with. and uh, they were talking about the, how people were looking for the Canadian expansion kit or the Canadian conversion kit we got. 
Yeah. And then the- I I was actually saying I I wonder if there are people trying to get that that little piece just to have more cards. Uh yeah, I know actually a couple of guys that live in LA that are trying to get one. Okay. I I actually t- mentioned to what's the uh main guy from Cards Against Humanity's name? Oh, I don't remember Max Temkin. Max Temkin. That, yeah, that's a actually when we talked to him after his panel, the Cards Against Humanity panel was on Saturday afterwards. We could talk with them. I mentioned, hey, thanks for making that, and he's like, oh, you guys like that? I just kind of went on Wikipedia and looked up some stuff. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like uh, um, when I went there to grab the kit, they uh, they made a comment like, oh yeah, man, people, so many people are looking for Canadian conversion kits. It's weird. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm from Canada. Oh man, where? Like we've had a lot of people come in from Calgary today. I'm like, yep, me too. Yep. So I guess yeah. it was because you guys have been there, because Paul had been talking. I didn't about mention earlier. that I was from Calgary, but so. they just they had a bunch of people from Calgary there, which I thought was really strange. Driving in, there we did go. see a lot of Alberta license plates. Hmm. That's true. I'm trying to think. Was there any um, panels I went to on Friday? Can you remember Nathan? Other than Giant Bombcast, I don't. I don't remember you really mentioning anything with Scott and Kurt, Scott Kurtz or whatever. What, what day was that? Or Walking Dead, wasn't that during Mega 64? Yeah, that's that why Saturday. I couldn't have gone. No, yeah, no, Oh, Walking no, no, Dead no, you're right, day. yeah, okay, Friday. I went to the Walking Dead panel on Friday. Really liked it, probably one of my favorite panels that I've been to. Gary Witt was on there, two lead writers from The Walking Dead, Sean Vanneman and Jake something. Uh, really cool guys, I definitely follow them on Twitter. They're also part of the Idle Thumbs podcast. Right, which, which I started I listening known. to... Um, just really, oh, I just that really was, enjoyed that was hearing actually them. The, uh, the the panel that went on before us, Idle Thumbs. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, okay. Chris Remo of Idle Thumbs wa- apparently works at Double Fine, and he's one of the chattiest, friendliest dudes ever. So yeah, he that guy the can, Double Fine can talk forever if you want him to. Yeah. Which was great. Really good for that setting. Um, but yeah, I just really enjoyed that panel. Learned some really cool things about their writing process or what they're trying to do with specific characters. Um. I guess we can just quickly say we both have played through Walking Dead Episode 3. We have. We'll probably talk about it next week, though. Right, but we still have to be super evasive about most, mostly everything that happens, but I guess we can say whether or not we liked it. I don't know. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a fun panel. I got a limited edition poster art out of it. Poster limited thing. edition poster, which was nice. Gary Wood assigned it. Gary Wood assigned it. Both of the writers signed it. And I think one of like the... CEO or something of Telltale was there as well, and he signed it. Will Smith was there. Will Smith was there, and uh, actually, so you mentioned earlier, because I couldn't talk to the guy at the booth about my questions, and I had a media appointment. He was like, you know what, here, and he wrote his, scribbled his name on a piece of paper, and he said, show up at the panel a few minutes early, give, show them this, and they'll get you in, and you can ask your questions. So I was like, second row. Didn't have to wait in line, which is pretty nice. That, that does those Media awesome. powers. Media powers. Good stuff. Media powers. And they specifically focused on episode two, right? Two and one. Okay. But they said, yeah, we're not going to talk about episode three. Because it literally just happened. But Yeah, it came out uh, two days before PAX did. The... Yeah, I frantically I played it that season. night before we left. Yeah. But, yeah. um, yeah. No Games, are coming out. Games are coming out now. Yeah, it's September time, I'm not dude. sure if you noticed. It's on. We are into the uh, holiday season. Saturday. Welcome. Uh, well, Friday we also got to hang out with John Baum at Dick's Burgers. Um, terrible burgers, but fun conversations. So yeah, terrible burgers, does. but they're stupid cheap. So very cheap. You get so what you, you don't pay feel for. Like ripped off. Yeah. Well, that's just uh, food in America, feel. really. I've noticed. Cheaper but worse. 
Well, I don't know. I don't know about the worst per se, but cheaper. Just make for a sure. general. Oh no, these yeah. burgers were not fully cooked. Oh. Yeah, the one you showed me looked a little pink, and that was kind of like, oh, I hope mine was better because I already ate mine, and it's inside me now. But... Yep. Whereas I was like, I'm really hungry. Um. Uh oh. <laughs> I would like two more of those. Yeah. Um. But no, that that was a good time. Uh, Saturday, first thing I did panel-wise was uh, Hideo, K- Hideo Kojima introspective, past, present, and the future of Metal Gear. How which, was that? It was great. Um, like, I'm shocked that Kojima, of all people, was there. Yeah, it, that was kind of a big guest for the show. Um, he I had thought a, you had decided not to go to this. Right, I thought about not going so I could go to the uh, uh, Kickstarter one, but eventually I was just like, dude, I really like Metal Gear, so I'm just gonna go. Um, cool. And yeah, he had a sparkly shirt, it had the Foxhound logo on it. Um, Sounds like something Kojima would wear. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Jeff Keighley did the interview and stuff, and th- that was pretty cool. Uh, he talked about Raiden and how, you know, he feels that was still a good idea, and I agree. I thought that was a good character, but half the audience booed <laughs> or something. I, I am somehow not surprised by that reaction. Yeah. Uh, did he, he also, smile at all? Uh, he was real far away from where I was sitting. I was on the balcony. Like, I, I like I've, seen Kojima, I've seen Kojima ever. laugh. So. There's Have some you, chuckling. Okay. Moments, yeah. Like, I guess when he was supposed to give his wish list for who would you like to see in the movie, and he was kind of like, oh, I don't know, I'm not, this is not official, but Hugh Jackman and Tom Hardy are pretty cool. And I was yep. like, you're right. I agree. All right. Those are two Good stuff. cool guys. Hugh Jackman. They're pretty cool guys. Hugh Jackman. Um, And, yeah, they showed off Ground Zeroes, which looks really cool, and I'm pretty See, a bit of news. What exactly is that? Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes is... I guess I had it wrong initially. Like, this is old boss. Yeah, this so, is boss, not... not Yeah, teenage. which I should have really clued into when he had an eye patch, but I just kind of was like, these graphics well, look insane. I mean, don't forget the solid eye, so... Yeah, so I I don't know. I was I was misinterpreting what was being said. But uh, open-world Metal Gear game is basically what it is, and I think that's great, um, because for some reason, everything I was seeing reminded me of Far Cry 2, but with Metal Gear in it. And that made me really, really happy. So I was just kind of tingling and be like, oh, so awesome. Uh, this water effects look so good. Uh, it's on the Fox engine, which is kind of the big new thing they've been working on, um, which is a current-gen engine. Like, it'll it'll make stuff look real pretty for current-gen stuff, but it's also kind of being rolled forward and iterated on for next-gen stuff. So it's this weird kind of halfway thing. But it looks really impressive. Um and yeah, your your old boss, you're sneaking around, and uh, there's guns and stuff, and weird scarred up dude getting to a helicopter or something. It was like 13. You're your big boss, right? Yes, you are. You're a big okay. boss. Uh, Snake's dad. Which I find weird because haven't they like covered the majority of that story, or is this a even gonna be it, that yeah. story heavy because this is a social type game? Well, Peace Walker kind of brings you pretty far up based on what I was playing, so this must be the last stuff Big Boss does before that first Metal Gear. And, and this is a console game, correct, or is this a PC game? Right? I, I I guess what we were seeing was being run on a PC, but it's on Xbox 360 and PS3. So, yeah. And at one point, like, it's not, I don't think this was really a big news story or anything, and it was definitely couched in, like, maybe, I don't know, but uh, at some point, the words like, hey, Fox Engine's pretty great engine, Silent Hill, was said out loud. So maybe that'll be used for that. It's a really good-looking engine, though, so you could do spooky stuff with that, I imagine. I don't know. Konami, it's all in the same building, right? So why sort not? Sort of. Well, it's Kojima production, so it's separate. Right, but they could, you know, internal license that out. All I'm something. saying is when they make those PR photos on the rooftop, Silent Hill guys are not yeah. in there. 
Oh, okay, they kind of exclude them, huh? They're not really feeling yeah, down. Those are some real they're, they're nasty the weirdos. photos. Oh, Silent Hill guys are the weirdos in the Konami building? I'd imagine if you come up with scary shit like that all the time. Well, well Silent Hill is usually like outsourced now at this point, isn't it? Yeah, so... I, I don't know. But anyway, anyway yeah, I, re- I did really enjoy the Metal Gear thing. Um, they also talked about Kurt Russell's character, Snake Plissken, and all that stuff, so... Did they yeah, actually? Just a fun, fun little thing. Yeah, like, he asked him about that. It's like, it's like, well, it's an homage. I like those John Carpenter movies, and yeah. He's like, okay, that's totally legit. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure what else to say. Uh, I, I watched some new Metal Gear stuff, and Hideo Kojima was totally there, and he seemed to enjoy it. I, I just think so. it's cool that Kojima was there, period. Yeah. That totally doesn't seem, it seems like a place he would not be. I guess it's becoming a bigger and bigger event, though. Like, they just announced the fourth day in Australia. And yeah, PAX Dev and everything. So, so like John, are you gonna year? go to all the PAXs now? Uh, one of my friends is actually thinking about it. Of Australia, so I may, Australia I may at cool. some point end up at Australia. I would love to see Australia. I've been. Yeah, there. good excuse to go to Australia. You're like work trip. I gotta go. Pretty much. Boom. Gotta cover this for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and just live stream in a hotel somewhere instead of seeing Australia. There you go. That's the worst part. That's probably what'll end up happening. Uh, that would be so bad. It's like, well, we're here in Sydney. Um, I don't know. It's like a hotel. It's pretty nice. Cool stuff. Um, should I continue talking about my panels, or Sean, do you want to? I'll jump in with Saturday one. Panels? I went to the. Uh, I think this was the Chris and Scott uh, one with them too. Uh, those are just some web comic artists, uh, so they're pretty funny. They just kind of talked about what's going on and made jokes and stuff. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Which comic is that? Uh, Scott Kurtz does PvP Online. Okay. And Chris Straub, he used to do Star Slip Chrysalis, which just ended. He's currently doing Chainsaw Suit. Okay. Um, Next next one I went to was Stuff Your Criticism I Want to Review, which uh, Jeff Gersman was there, so I kind of wanted to hear his thoughts on that. There was also, like, on the listing was Jim Sterling, so I was like, oh man, Jim Sterling versus Jeff Gersman, what's gonna happen? Uh, Jim Sterling wasn't there. I, I, that panel information was all jumping around all weekend, so yeah, I'm not even sure who the other guys I ended up seeing actually were, but just just get some thoughts on kind of the whether or not reviews are really valuable anymore, like whether video coverage is actually more useful for consumers to kind of see, like a like, really, to see a Let's Play or something gives a person a better snapshot of what a game is instead of just, like, 500 words or 1,000 words or something. Like, right, mm. yeah. I could agree to a certain sense. I was trying... Actually, I was hearing Jeff Grisman talk about this on the Bombcast this week. Yeah. And and I was trying to think, what do I do with reviews? Like, I, I used of... to really like video reviews because you'd get, like... this. You basically get the review verbatim but read expressively, but you also get gameplay footage to kind of contextualize what you're seeing. Um. GameSpot was w- really good at those back in the day, but v- Giant Bomb kind of got away from those when they started doing Quick Look stuff, which, that's fine. Like, Quick Looks do give you a good s- sense of, like, I watched the first 15 minutes of the Dead Island one, I was just like, I should probably own this game, this looks really cool. So, yeah. I, I, right, and I, personally, like, I've never really gone to reviews for, like, should I buy this game or not. It's more just like, if what anything, do you think? The thing that influences me the most mm-hmm. is... Are people talking about it on Twitter, and then are people talking about it on like the Bombcast? As it is only the, like, the only video game podcast I listen to. Right. 
they'll usually talk about something if it's worth talking about, and then I learn about these things. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, I keep coming back to this one review, specifically in relation to Jeff Gersman, like, uh, Blood on the Sand. Like, technically speaking, the review is very average, three out of five. Like, it's like, it's not very good. But then just hearing them talk about it on the podcast and, like, big-ass ramp and stuff in the quick look, like, it's just like, this looks so dumb, I have to play this. So, sometimes a review doesn't necessarily fit well, I mean, it, it will know. highlight parts of the game that are interesting, too. Like, I admit that their their video review is what sold me on Blood on the Sands. It's the reason I own a copy now. Right, yeah. But I, I legitimately had an okay, dumb time with that game. Just throw on some rap music and just shoot and stab things. It was it was ridiculous. So, yeah. But, again, three out of three to five, so technically not great. I, I don't know. And, and, of course, my favorite weird example, Deadly Premonition, doesn't quite fit. Because <laughs> it's so bad, but it doesn't matter. Um, and yeah. that got a perfect 10 from Destructoid, so... Right, which is why well, I was kind of curious if, like, Jim Sterling was there and to see his thoughts on it. I'm not sure if he was there at all. Like, I didn't get to see the Destructoid thing, because it was actually it, during... Sterling's usually panel. at, like, the con, so... Right. Like, I've, I've seen him at previous PAXs, but I, I don't know. I, I was not clear whether or not, but whatever. Um, PAX 10 panel part 2, I couldn't catch the first one, because it was during uh, Giant Bomb, during the lineup for that. Um, but I caught the second half, which had the Catch-22 guy... Uh, my buddy Kyle, um, which I only say because he literally reminds me of my cousin, Dustin, who was there. Like, it's just weird. Like, it's like, if my cousin was a game developer, he would be that guy. It was it was an odd, pers- like, connection that I won't get into because it doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, they talked about Offspring Fling, uh, Johann Sebastian Joust, uh, Deity, I believe, was one of the ones. It was a Digipen one. And now I feel bad because I accidentally omitted somebody. Darn. I'm so sorry. Uh, but yeah, just got to kind of ask them some questions about um, what, like, development scenes and whether you need to kind of move somewhere or go to a specific school or stuff like that. Like, apparently not really. Uh, game jams, apparently, are the coolest thing ever. Like, that seemed to be a common thing. Like, the sparks for a lot of these ideas come from game jams, which are these kind of super-focused little experimental throw-together-prototype-based amount of theme. Have you ever been to a game jam, any of us? No, but I know of them. Okay. So I'm, I kind of want to, like, I'm very curious about that whole scene now. Like, with all the green light stuff that's going on right now, too, all the talk about that, like, it's just kind of a thing of interest. So that was a that was a pretty good panel. Um, and the last one of the day for me was the Cards Against Humanity one, which, unfortunately, I guess no one thought to record. What, no so one recorded it? No that's one crazy. recorded it. Like, they, yeah. they were so self-conscious and, like, afraid it would just train wreck so bad that they officially said, we don't want it recorded, but they kind of, after it went really well, hoped somebody brought a camera or something, and I had one in my pocket. I just didn't think to do that. So, You could have been the hero of the internet. I could have been the hero of the internet, but instead I just enjoyed the panel. It was a pretty good panel. Uh, they showed the Double Clicks have a theme song for them now, which is really good. My favorite card is mentioned in there. Yeah, my Nathan's favorite, favorite mentioned card is well. mentioned in there. Apparently that song will be available on the website, so you can get that. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and just, yeah, they had the whole thing going on, the whole show of they're giving away free shirts that are replicas of the cards. Right. Like, for free. That's awesome. They could have easily sold those. Um, and then the winners, what you did is you got a black shirt or you got a white shirt, and somebody would, like, partner up with you, and you take a photo, and you tweet it to them. And then the winner gets a cruise. The Joko oh, cruise. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then even at the panel, they were like, hey, at the end of it, we thought everyone would just be super depressed after a panel, so we brought cookies for everybody. Yeah, vegan chocolate chip cookies, courtesy of, like, the Child's Play Fund or whatever. The cookie brigade? Yeah, so, and they was like, if you want to donate to Child's Play, that'd be great, so. Yeah. Um, And yeah, those dudes were super nice, like, we got to chat with them a bit after, like we said, about Canadian cards and stuff. Um... I, yeah, it's not nice to talk behind someone's back or whatever, but they specifically cited the uh, the Pylons one, like the StarCraft one. I've never seen that card go over well. I just want to say that. Like, I don't I don't know. Have you ever had that play I've properly? seen it go decent. I've actually have seen that win, win once, but the person who... Was way into StarCraft? Ca- yeah, the card czar was like, yeah, StarCraft, this wins. Okay, like, I guess, I guess that could happen. I just maybe don't know enough fiendishly addicted StarCraft people. Um, but, man, anyway, yeah, uh, they gave us a box of cards, I guess is the thing. We hung around and just chatted with them, and they're just like, here you go, man, here's like two sets of cards, and they just gave us cards. It was real cool. Just so, generic cards, or? No, two, two sets. They were just kind of using them as the demo sets. Like, coordinating oh, of Cards Against Humanity. Wow. Yeah, so we got two free Cards Against Humanity packs, and I guess that sold out again, and it's still crazy popular, and everyone still loves it, so yeah, that, that was really cool. And yeah, Ryan Davis did a great job hosting the first bit of it. Um, warm, velvety Muppet sex will probably happen in the future version. That was that went over really well. Um, Q&A was good, and yeah, Cards Against Humanity. Check it out now. So, so did you mention something about their them taking suggestions for cards? Yeah, there was a Q&A portion where people were pitching card ideas, and they were kind of um, riffing off those and coming up with ideas. And some of them actually worked out quite well. Um, some also train wrecked pretty bad and were dismissed quickly. And I guess they had a bunch of pages on the walls of written suggestions that were also kind of ridiculed. <laughs> so, yeah, they kind of talked about the philosophy and, like, how you get a good card. So yep. It was quite interesting. I wish I could... That's why I'm excited about the Giant Bomb crossover is them recording this writing process. Yeah. And I guess you can also submit your own ideas on the uh, website. So. Did they also mention anything about the online website that seems to let people play Cards Against Humanity? Oh, like the lab? No, like, there, I guess it's a lab? I don't know, but, like, there's a an online version of Cards Against Humanity. I know people who play it. I think they mentioned that. Like, that they said something about, like, Cards Against Humanity slash lab, and it is basically a bunch of data they're gathering of people playing by themselves to see, like, the grossest combinations people no, come well, up it's, with. No, it's a multiplayer game, but yeah. Oh, okay, then I'm... I don't know what this is. I don't know what this other thing is, then. They did talk about their website a bit, but... Okay. Is this official? Is this related to them? I, I don't know, that's why I was asking. It's Creative sure. Commons, right? So I guess anyone could do whatever they want. Right, that's why they let you print it off if you want. Yeah, yeah. but there's like an, there is an online version of the game that people can play. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's fun, so, I mean, if, if you want that as, like, a tease to check it out go ahead um cards sunday 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 uh twisted pixel variety hour was the first thing i saw um i was thinking about going to that was it good it was generally pretty good not a lot of people there which i was like oh weird like i guess it is kind of early um the the only real criticism i had like they did do the donut thing and they had a donating contest kind of wish i took part in the donating contest in retrospect because the prize was kind of cool they scan your face, and you will be in a game. So nice. nice. If, if you think you could have eaten a ton of donuts? Yeah, kind of. Like, think back. It's I, like, I bet I, I could was, eat more than you. I was kind of hungry. Oh, Top-down so. perspective challenge. Oh, so you're saying <laughs> we're going you our own donut eating? Damn, contest? son. Okay, next, next stream. donut set. off. Next table top-down perspective, we'll have a donut eating contest. 
Um, yeah, the, so the only thing they kind of focused on that I thought was a little weird and maybe took up too much time, they were way stoked about those motorcycles they built for their booth. To they the did point look where nice. They, but that took up like half an hour or something. Like they had what? the guys, yeah, they had the guys there who made the bikes. They they had they had like a detailed elaboration on all of that stuff, um, how they were like the metal crafting and all the stuff. And it was like this is like Hollywood effects talk, which is kind of cool, but this is so weird. Like I like all right, yeah, that part like it wasn't not interesting. It was just really strange for the twisted pixel panel like i was hoping for more about the game maybe but they did show a little bit about that and talked about robert patrick and stuff um yeah th- those guys are pretty cool uh, they had a uh, recording time with chainsaw where you could have gotten your voice in the game i also did not take advantage of that because i wasn't sure what to say but in retrospect I, yeah in retrospect i wish i just ran up, went up there and like yelled like just screamed because no one did that and they could use Check out my podcast. For context. Top Top Perspective! <laughs> that would be Represent! So <laughs> yeah. You blow up a car, and then the dude that flies out of it yells at that. I guess that <laughs> um, but yeah, it, 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 was, it was a fun panel. Um, sorry, I, I again kind of jumped right in on Sunday. Does anyone else have a Sunday panel? Anyone? Yeah, I had one. Um, okay. Also, it was around noon. 25 people showed up to see it. Um it was a panel based on the Penny Arcade, the series, which is the documentary series they do. Mm-hmm. And this was specifically specifically on season two and three because it was a two-player production to season one and Vantage. I think it's called Vantage Point or something. Did seasons two and three, and it was about them. Uh, it was just really interesting. They kind of just talked about how they go about their filmmaking what they like to try and focus on. And they show some deleted scenes that are going to be in the third season DVD that's going to be coming out. Um, pretty funny. I really like that series. So so a nice, um, cozy, anyone... intimate panel. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty low-key. Um, but yeah, no, if anyone's in, into Penny Arcade or the people behind Penny Arcade, I highly recommend checking out Penny Arcade, the series. And that's all free. It's on their website. You can look at that. Um, next for me was the Press XY to continue transgender issues in gaming, which Birdo was mentioned once, but only Ooh. in the Q&A, so that, w- that was a little less of a thing. They actually, one of the things they focused on that I found, like, just like, oh, weird, I've never thought of this sequence like that. You remember in Final Fantasy VII when Cloud has to dress up like a girl? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, they really talked about that and how it was, like, this, like, odd, profound moment for some of the players. And it was just like, oh, weird, I just never thought about that. And, like, yeah, like, just them kind of elaborating on, like, um, that kind of subculture being represented in games or being misrepresented in games or being used as comic relief and stuff like that. It, it was it was pretty it was pretty interesting. And you said Nier was another... Yeah, Nier got a shout-out um, late in the panel. And now I'm just kind of curious about that game. Because I actually didn't hear that many, like, bad things about it. It was just, like, supposed to be really weird or something, and I never really looked Yeah, no, it. yeah, I do remember one of the characters being transgender, or, like, neutral gender, I think being two different genders or something like that. Specifically, they mentioned the New Game Plus mode as having some sort of special twist on that, which, I don't know. But, yeah, um, that that just put that on my radar as something of interest, I guess. It, it, was, it was a neat educational panel. It was, it was a good time. Um, yeah. Then after that was the Twitch All Stars presents how to make it as a broadcaster, which was the more interesting live streaming one. Uh, Jared Ray kind of hosted that one. King Foom was there. Like there were some Destructoid guys. Um, I'm trying to remember who the other personalities were. I I'm not super familiar with them, but they were just kind of elaborating on like what to do and how to 
relate to your audience and stuff, and just some, it, it was just a nice little bit of news. And, like, also, I guess, just kind of, like, the role of broadcasting and whether, te- like, th- this was kind of emphasized in the previous one, too, like, the way the Olympics were kind of not handled well by traditional broadcasting, and the internet kind of stepped in to fill in the gap. Just kind of shows, like, we might be at the point where there's going to be a power shift, and the internet becomes more useful and conventional broadcasting becomes a thing of the past. I, I don't know. I I like that idea because the internet. But um, yeah. So I don't know. Just some tips for Paul and I, maybe pixel response stuff. Stay tuned. I don't know. Panels. Oh, I guess then I saw the Omegathon final round. Did I have one more before make it to that? Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, I went to actually. I must have had two more. So I went to an afternoon with Scott and Chris. Um. I don't know what this was right before. This was right before something. I want to say this was right before the Cards Against Humanity panel, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry, this was actually just an afternoon with Scott Kurtz. And it was just a thing with him. He kind of just told stories about his life. But as a a webcomic artist, he was pretty funny. I didn't get to stay for all of it, though. Uh, He announced a new webcomic he's starting called Table Titans. It's about tabletop gaming people. Anyway, that was cool. Uh, but the panel I saw on Sunday was about the Rain Slick Precipice Penny Arcade game. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically the third one, because they had Zeboid games there with them. Like and they just the... kind of talked about how that happened. Uh, a good, like, 45 minutes of it was devoted to questions. And I even went up there and asked, like, hey, I never played the second one. Should I just jump into the third one? And they were like, yeah, you could easily do it. Even just Wikipedia it if you want to. But we put stuff in there to kind of remind people of their games if you wanted. So uh, I then did go pick up episode three because it was $3 on sale. And I do now have a computer that can play video games because I got a new computer. Was it like on sale on Steam or on sale there? Steam. Okay, no, I don't. There was also some places handing out like discounted Steam codes. That's how I got Snapshot. It was kind of neat. I got it for five bucks. Okay, okay. Uh, But yeah, Steam, it's pretty cool. Wave of the future. Yeah, yeah Megaton. Were there any questions about episode four or anything? Oh, um, they said they are they are having plans already for it, but no one really asked much about four. No. Okay. Um. Yeah. Omegathon final round. John, did you make it out to that or? No. What was it? Oh, okay. Um, what was the game? Trials Evolution. Good choice. Both of Which the players had never played that game before. Oh. Right. So it went on for a long time, but you got kind of a really nice power struggle between the two of them. Like, it ended up working out to be the most exciting Omegathon I've seen out of the four I've seen. Right, it was a guy and a girl, and the girl was clearly worse than the guy. Yeah. But somehow, even though the guy was progressing so much faster, the girl, just second half, started progressing really quickly that it almost, it basically turned into, like, wow, this was almost a tie. Like an underdog type thing. Like, she just blew past him, finished first. Like Like, the whole thing was... You get a certain number of, like, there was a custom level, it was a Penny Arcade-themed level, um, there were, there were fruit fuckers in it and everything, um, and you had to finish that with a certain number of tries, and then after ten failed attempts, the number of tries would, or no, after ten minutes, the number of attempts would go up, so how long were we watching that, like 40 It was an hour. Something? Yeah, it went forever, um, and yeah, it got down to the point where she actually finished the obstacle course first, 
but then he had one more attempt to kind of complete it with a better time and barely made it. It was like six seconds difference, so the whole room exploded, and it was like, ah! It, it was pretty great. Speaking of the whole, whole room exploding, I don't understand where those people get the enthusiasm, because for the entire 45 minutes, they were just screaming and cheering for these people. <laughs> one guy in front of me, which, I'll just add, wearing a utilical. That guy okay. in front of me, literally shaking, like like a good sense of shaking, not just like vibrating, shaking. Like watching that Omegathon round was the best experience his body has ever had. <laughs> just vibrating with enthusiasm. And just people it's still suspense. cheering like forty five minutes later, even during like the first half of the track, and it's like right. you guys have seen like, them you drive this the first half without literally a hundred times. Yeah. No, there were people muttering in the crowd around me, like, just like, dude, I've just by watching, I bet I could do better. Like, just go up on stage and play. Just like, you just yeah, know maybe. there were some people in the crowd that have played Trials Evolution that were like, oh my god! It's not that hard! Just it, it really bike, let off the throttle! Like, what and were the stages they were using, too? Were they just made stages, or what? It, it was, was just a one custom stage. Penny Arcade stage, yeah. It was yeah. one stage. And even afterwards, both... Mike and uh, Jerry from Penny Arcade both did it in about eight tries each. So, yeah, they had, but they, they had probably one, clearly one played it before, it. right? Right. They did, like, they did well. That was a close like this match is what too. you're actually supposed to do, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. No, it was fun though. It was, it was oh, as always a nice way to end packs. Just a big room of people freaking out at a video game. It right, was, and right cool. after that, we went to the Hard Rock Cafe for the Double Fine after party. Right, which was a surreal, awesome experience. Um, yeah, just chatting it up with Tim Schafer, Ron Gilbert, uh, Chris Chris Remo, and Brad Muir is the friendliest dude at PAX. Like he was yeah, just that guy was around, sweet. being super nice to everybody. And yeah, I just talked to that guy for quite a while. He bought oh, shots for Mono Visions. Nice. What? Oh, Brad were you Muir there for when they? Yeah. Yep. I me, Paul and I left like shortly after he bought everyone shots. Okay, yeah, Fireballs, which is like spicy cinnamon whiskey or something. Um, but yeah, no, that that was that was crazy fun. I guess, yeah. Um, two. Okay, so Tim Schafer and Brad Muir, both of them toe shoes aren't aren't any good. Ron Gilbert though said they were awesome. So what do I do? I don't know. I'm just gonna keep wearing them. Um, though apparently not in a business meeting. If if you're trying to pitch your game or something, you have to put your best foot forward, and they can't be toe shoe feet. So, and that best foot cannot tip. be revealing your toes, yeah. Yeah, apparently, which was too bad. Um, yeah, there you go. That's, that's, yeah, at some point, my name was just too confusing. I was just Nathan Drake for part of the night. <laughs> nice. Which was, nice. To be fair, which Brad Muir was, was getting super drunk. He was, but he was he was just stoked. So, so how did you guys yeah. end up going to this party? Was it just anyone could come, show up? or? Yeah. Uh, I guess just, maybe, yeah, I think so. Like, I was just going to keeping an eye on the Double Fine website and stuff in light of all the Kickstarter stuff going on, and they just said, hey, meet us here. And we just walked up into the Hard Rock, and it was just like, can we get a table? No. Oh, uh, Double Fine thing? And they're just like, oh, just go upstairs. So, yeah, it wasn't really a cap on that. And, yeah, they stayed there until they closed and kicked us out onto the street. So, well, at least I stayed till the end. Yeah, Paul and I left a little earlier. The rest of our group left a long earlier. Yeah, I felt kind of bad about that. The, we rolled in with like eight people, and pretty quickly, half of them were just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't no, know. No, it's fine. They went for that like milkshake place, and they loved it. Yeah, I guess they went and saw some Seattle stuff. They, they just weren't as stoked at, you know, being around Tim Schafer and 
Rocky Horror. Yeah, season, no, so, it was a, yeah. it was pretty good PAX. Anything? Any last comments you guys had about it? Um, I mean, I could talk for a while about all the stuff that happened at Double Fine, but I'll just keep that for my own recollection, I guess. It, it was a fun time. And yeah, um, apparently if you're going to a big event, have a lot of vitamin C and stuff. The pro tip yeah, exactly. Carry some sanitizer with you. Make sure you prepare prevent. your immune system like weeks before that, like start taking like cold effects or emergency or whatever yeah. stuff you have in your country. And just Pro tip from Sean. Don't do anything. It works. <laughs> Pro oh, tip from John. Sean's advice does not always work. Oh, okay. I've been to two uh, packs. Just, I've never gotten sick. My tip is I've 100% been to four. I've gotten effective. Sick twice. For you. Okay. I'm just 100%. Alright. We also ran to Will Smith on the floor, and that was fun. That guy's real chat. Um, game of the show for each person. Oh, um... Minus Catch-22. Alright. Spy Party. Out of, out of what I played, Spy Party. Right. Although Joust was really good. I did really have a fun time with Luftrauser. The, right. uh... The base-heavy flying game. So there's three you games turn off your to throttle keep your eyes on. And then do a hard... No, actually, my, my choice is Shaq-Fu, because I can legally say I have a medal in Shaq-Fu now. Put that on your resume. That, that's going. That's already on there, man. <laughs> got that covered. I wrote that shit on there as soon as I got that medal. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" All right, all right, that's good. Um, so I guess that's gonna do it. We're not doing uh much news or emails this week because this podcast has run long. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be back next week with your regularly scheduled podcast where we'll talk about games uh, again. Um, we never do that. Never, ever do that. Uh, but yes, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Later.